You are live on 98 by 9 Northwest FM, and this is the Tuesday Review. I am Nathan. I'm James. And tonight we are talking about a few things, our main feature being Cobra Kai. Mm-hmm. But first, uh, I think we're going to start with the Orville. You no, know, Spider-Man first. Oh, Spider-Man, of course. Spider-Man. Sorry, that was only released today. Yeah. Um, the so latest trailer. Callum can't make it uh, this week, uh, but I think we can uh, handle the show without him. And, yeah, first, uh, the Spider-Man Far From Home second trailer? The sec- the first one was a teaser, but like okay, it couldn't yeah. really do much because it didn't want to spoil but anything. But teaser trailers now are pretty much just trailers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, um, yeah, this is the first, I guess, big trailer. Um, and re- it reveals a lot more information yeah, than the I first mean, one, I, I would I, say. We were going to see the movie regardless, so I, I was in- not interested in even watching the trailer. But it did have some things in that tied into our discussion of Endgame last week. So I thought, well, it might be interesting to at least speculate. Mm. Uh, and major spoiler warning. Yeah, so major spoiler warning for Avengers Endgame. The official sort of a Disney-sanctioned spoiler period is now over. But yeah, not, I don't think there are anyone listening live. If you are listening live, I've told you before, just <laughs> listen to the podcast because the live portion of the show isn't the real show. And also the live hour-long show will end on a cliffhanger because then the discussion will continue afterwards. Some people might like the thrill of listening live. Anything can happen. <laughs> um, yeah, but nothing that happens is really interesting. Um, but yeah, like if you're listening live... Don't just listen to the podcast because that's uh, the full version of the sco- listen to show. Listen live and then listen again. No, on the I don't really recommend it. But anyway, <laughs> what, what was I getting to? My I, my Spider-Man. ultimate my ultimate point was we're going to do full spoilers for Avengers Endgame, tying into the new Spider-Man Far From Home trailer. And if you also don't want Far From Home spoiled just from the trailer, then don't listen. But in the podcast, I'll put in the description when to skip ahead. So if for some reason you haven't seen Endgame yet, what are you waiting for? And don't worry, you can skip ahead. But if you're listening live, which I don't think anyone is... Don't turn over, just turn the volume down. Just turn the volume down for like five minutes. All right, spoiler warning for Endgame. (laughs) (laughs) So in the trailer, it, it kind of... Last week we were speculating Far From Home would deal with the aftermath of what happened at the end of Endgame. Um, and, and we were right. Yeah. But, yeah, in the t- teaser, we didn't really get a sense of that, obviously, because Endgame hadn't come out yet. I mean, yeah, and the, the movie being so heavily sort of reliant on Endgame, yeah. I suppose, like the teaser couldn't show much of anything, exactly. really. So this trailer reveals that, spoiler warning again, Peter is now obviously dealing with the death of his mentor, Tony Stark. And really coming back from a world that's five years ahead. Well, they don't really play with that in the trailer, I don't believe. No, but he he would be. But that's well, that's what we were speculating last week. That that has to be a big part of the film, otherwise it's a major failure on Marvel's part. But in the trailer, we see that the world is sort of mourning Iron Man's death and Peter especially is grieving over Tony's death and Nick Fury comes to Peter with a mission and sort of presents him with the fact that someone needs to replace Iron Man as the world's utmost, like, biggest number one hero. 
Yeah, and there's a few of the others are preoccupied. Captain Marvel's in space somewhere, yeah. not being able to be contacted. No. Cap's, you know... <laughs> retired. Retired. He doesn't want to... He's, just, yeah, yeah, he's, he's just tired. Just he's just so tired. The Hulk probably can't get angry anymore. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know. What are they going to do with Smart <laughs> yeah. Hulk now? He can't... <laughs> he doesn't have rage anymore. Yeah. His arm's all messed up. Thor's fat. Yeah. No, he's in space too. <laughs> he's in space too. He's yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I think that's an interesting thing is uh, dealing with who will take over, not as Iron Man, the... The hero, but it's like the eminent as, hero, yeah. The, yeah, the beacon of yeah. hope. And so Nick Fury and other you know people in the world are looking to for, to Spider Man to fill that role, and obviously Peter is hesitant to sort of take that up. Um, but what what we thought was interesting and what we wanted to talk about was that Mysterio in the movie claims to be from an alternate universe, an alternate dimension. Um, and that there's the sort of multiverse. Which is very intriguing. Which, one, Mysterio is probably just lying because he pretends to be a hero when he's actually the villain. That's his whole shtick. And that's what the trailer presents is that he's this new hero from another dimension who's come to help Um, and Spider-Man has to team up with him. But, you know, if you've ever, if you know anything about Mysterio is that he's full of crap, like he's, He's going to be the bad guy. I think um, you said to me before, he's the fireman who starts the fires. Yeah, he, 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 he creates disasters so he can come and save the day. Um, but yeah, he, he, uh, he pretends to be a hero. And Spider-Man has to sort of uh, un- uncover his plan and like show people his actual real plans. Um, but that's, obviously the trailer doesn't give that away. But, yeah, I speculated that Mysterio is just lying and he's not from another dimension. He's just claiming to be... Which which would fit in with his character. Fit with his character. But I think at this point in the Marvel MCU, um, it would make sense to introduce the multiverse. And, and the snap is a perfect opportunity because the amount of sort of power the snap generates... Yeah, it, it makes somehow sense. cause like yeah. a, a tear in time yeah. and space. And, and multiverse is a, a big part of the comic books and we just saw Spider-Verse recently which dealt with the Spider-Man multiverse. So I don't know... Which coincidentally one of the best superhero movies of oh, the year. definitely. Possibly still maybe the best movie of last year. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, it's possible that this is the perfect time to introduce the multiverse into the MCU. But also, they, um, you know, Mysterio might be lying. But also, because Spider-Verse just dealt with this, they might not want to repeat themselves, even though technically that was all Sony and this one's Sony yeah. and MCU and live action and animated. But it'll be interesting to see how it develops. And Nathan was sort of theorizing well, as what we were talking about last week. Yeah, like a multiverse is the perfect entry point for the X-Men and some of the characters that yeah. Fox has owned. Yeah, we we were um, trying to, you know, last week trying to figure out how they might introduce the X-Men into the MCU, especially when it doesn't, it would be hard. Like it doesn't really make sense to just be like, oh, they were here the whole time. So having a multiverse would be a really interesting way to introduce the X-Men into the MCU. Yeah, there's stuff they could do. Like, is for instance, is Gal- Galacticus? Galactus. Galactus. Galacticus um, is DC. Galactus is Marvel. I think I. Okay, I think yeah. I have that right. I knew it was, it was one of them. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> like they could bring in some really that, some yeah. big bad guy and be oh. like, he's destroying our universe. But see, because he's a space 
Titan. I don't know if he's a Titan, but because he's a big space guy, like you could just say he was he's off on the other side of the universe and Captain Marvel's dealing with him um, and then he comes to Earth. So, like, you don't really... I mean, they no, could... but, like, they, they can sort of come up with those that type of reasoning, being like, These, the mutants have fled, yeah. like, into another universe when a tear presented itself because Galactus or whoever is, like, destroying our universe. Oh, okay. Like, as a means to escape. Yeah. Because otherwise there's not, that, there's not that much of a real reason for people to move over. Yeah. Like, they'll need a reason. Also, if it is a multiverse, does that mean there's... It means there's multiple versions of the same person exactly so so we, la- last week we were talking about how they brought gamora back from a different timeline and how they were you know possibly maybe going to bring black widow back even though i don't think that's going to happen but multiverse has raised that possibility yeah but then it's kind of then it kind of then the deaths look, aren't as it's, weighty. it's yeah it's kind of yeah. cheap but also it's comic books and we kind of want this kind of crazy alternate universe stuff like in Spider, it was a lot of fun in Spider Verse, which is the most recent biggest example of that. But then in in Spider Verse, they handled it well because the sort of the different iterations of Peter Parker were all different, slightly different. Yeah, they didn't look exactly the same. They didn't yeah. have the same personalities. Yeah, but uh, like, I mean, if they play with that, it's not as sticky because yeah. then you could say also if they bring back Black Widow, they could say it's yeah. not our Black Widow. Also, yeah, if they make it hard or you know, it depends how you can travel between multiverses and if yeah. they did it as like a one-time thing because of the snap I think, then yeah. they could get away with it i think MC, like like i said a lot of comic book stuff deals with the multiverse so to introduce it into the mcu i think would be fine um but yeah like they just have to be careful that, how they how they integrate it yeah because you don't want to make like say the deaths in endgame feel yeah end, like feel cheap yeah well i mean we sort of talked about how the the alternate timeline stuff like we were fine with it, but people were complaining that ruined the whole MCU. But um, I think I don't think you know that's going to come up every movie. Well, oh, we can just go to the alternate timeline and get someone from there. Um, but the multiverse, you you could see some similar problems to that similarities. Definitely. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it'll be interesting if we we came up with a few ideas of how the X Men would be introduced. Um, this is the simplest. This is yeah, but also like. Like I said, because there's multiple versions of the same person, it'd just be kind of weird if just the X-Men came through and weren't... No, yeah, it presents itself as like I an mean, opportunity this... for them to just bring in any characters they want. They yeah. could have like an entire population move through a multiverse Maybe. and people are just hidden well, in cons- it. Oh, yeah. That's, like, it doesn't a, have to just be a that, few characters. I mean, they won't do this, but that's just an interesting... Um, that's just an interesting idea that I'm pretty sure I've seen in comics before where it's like a group of quote unquote refugees from another dimension come through to earth. Yeah. But yeah, not that, that, that it, stuff won't happen. That won't happen. It wouldn't happen. Yeah. It's just, uh, yeah. It's just interesting to speculate. We, yeah. We yeah. thought, well, you know, we were trying to figure out how the X-Men is going to come into play. But again, this, if the X-Men does come into play, it won't be for another five, 10 years, probably. Yeah, and Mysterio is a liar. <laughs> And Mysterio is also a liar. So this probably amounts to nothing and, you know, uh, no one knows except for maybe Kevin Feige. And even, he knows. And even then, he he probably doesn't have a 100% concrete because even though the Fox merger was going through from the last couple of years, like, because his plan goes on for so long... He might have to amend plans or yeah, change like, them yeah, or like, push so things back. Yeah, like, even he might not 100% know 
I, I guarantee you he has the, he has a, he has a good idea. He, he has a, the idea, yeah. Um, but yeah, my ultimate uh, what I want from Far From Home is dealing with the vanished returning and dealing with that five year gap. I think, as you said um, this morning to me, uh, well before we we're on the air, I said you said it's like a good epilogue, a good bookend to Endgame. Yeah, I think I, we were talking about last week how how it's like yeah it's it's that and the, it looks it looks to be that that yeah. sort of nice sort of epilogue yeah. that nice um, final chapter in this phase of yeah. the Marvel. This trailer of definitely de- this trailer definitely points more towards that. Um, but yeah, we'll see how it goes, and then we'll see if we get Spider Man ever again. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I still don't know what the deal with Sony is. It was five movies. Was it five? And that's up. It was five. Okay. Two two movies by himself and yeah. three um, in the, sort of in the MCU, yeah, like up. Avengers yeah. movies. Um, so, yeah, see, but see, like, oh, you know what they might do if that's the case and they haven't renegotiated with Sony, Spider-Man might, might accidentally go through to a, or on purpose to save something or save someone. He might go through to the other dimension. So then when he doesn't appear in the MCU in the future, it makes sense. And if Sony decides to continue making Spider-Man movies, they can just say, well, he's in an alternate dimension where the MCU doesn't exist. <laughs> this is all really... That sounds so stupid. This is too complicated, <laughs> yeah. even for like really big studios who are making really weird decisions and still business-minded. and Business-minded. They say business-minded and it's like tough negotiations, but have they made this much money from Spider-Man before? That's exactly. In a, in a long while? Sony screwed up Spider-Man so badly, they had to go to Marvel and be like, look, you guys seem to know what you're doing. We'll give you Spider-Man back, but we still own pretty much the rights. Yeah, they would be like they would be crazy not to yeah. sort of just re-up I, the deal. I, I feel like they would. Even, they would have to. Even if they say, like, you can't use him for, a, you know the next couple of movies but it's like w- they, they must know at an executive level yeah they are very close to ruining the character like they can yeah, ruin the character it would, again it would be really really dumb for them at this point to be like you can't use Spider-Man anymore yeah, he's ours now we've got all the leverage yeah. we need also like now we can ruin the property again I don't know like does if Sony takes Spider-Man back and makes their own Spider-Man movie does is Tom Holland contracted to them That'd be see, that'd Or is he be contracted se- to the MCU? Ooh. I'm sure there's uh, I have some information online about this, but I haven't read anything about that. We'll we'll continue with that conversation. I'll we'll look it up during the episode, and we'll. Oh, we'll go back we'll, to it. We'll go back to but it. But then, okay, yeah, no, then that's not a spoiler, so we can add that in later. Okay, so if people have skipped, it doesn't matter. Well, I guess in that case, I'll start rambling on about the Orville while you're R- rambling on. You mean like just. Capitulating praising. how, praise, how yeah. praising its glory <laughs> as one of the best science fiction properties in recent memory. You know, we we always get really super depressed about the sci-fi franchises and the Orville is the one we're still, like, uh, really excited about. Mm. Tom Holland's contract mm. is six films. I told you it was six last week. But the Marvel contract is five. So maybe Sony's... Maybe Sony is going to make one on their own with Tom Holland to cash in. I'll double check that, but I was quite sure it was five movies with Marvel. Um, and Tom, but Tom Holland's personal contract is six. So yeah, maybe they will take Spider-Man back, keep keep Tom Holland. But see, but then do they own all the designs and stuff of the MCU? Do they? What about all the other cast members that are important? 
maybe this is where the multiverse comes in where it's like he's alone in the multiverse and they can just cast the other people. I feel like we're doing a better job of thinking about this than <laughs> Sony and Marvel. Yeah. Uh, but Kev, Kevin Feige has a plan and, uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, I mean, an article I'm reading on the internet says that Sony hopes to extend the deal. Okay. So that would sort of well, make I a lot of sense of what we're saying. They don't want to just throw money down the drain. I can't see MC. I can't see the MCU being like, no, we don't want to extend the deal. <laughs> that, yeah. So if Sony wants to do it, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So you the know original what? the original deal mm. was Spider Man would be in the MCU movies for five. Yeah. Um, and that's been the deal. Yeah. Um, and now that it's up. Apparently, Sony's hoping to extend it, which they okay. would be stupid not to. Yeah, but Tom Holland's deal is six. You know what? They're probably they're just probably waiting to see after after Far From Home comes out, and it, it'll do well. Um, but they'll probably just wait till that comes out, and then they'll say we've renewed or we haven't renewed our contract or deal or whatever. Yeah. So they're probably just waiting until that comes out. So um, he he at least is owed one more movie yeah. after this. So we'll see we'll see how that pans out, and ho- hopefully he stays in the MCU. Like I was saying uh, last week with Endgame, you know we we want to keep we we want to explore more comic stuff from the comics like Secret Wars, which Spider Man's a part of. So yeah, hopefully, and again, like like we talked about last week, as much as I hate Disney owning everything, I would just like for Kevin Feige <laughs> to be able to play with any character he wants to. Yeah, I know. Because at it's the moment... It's a deal with the devil, but this, it's like, yeah. but we want it. Yeah, but it's like yeah. all this kind of like, is Spider-Man going to be in it or not? It's kind of like, no, just just, he, just let him <laughs> just, let him just, have it. Yeah. Let him do what he wants. Yeah, so there's, there's hope, I guess. Sony's not stupid. They want to renegotiate, apparently. Yeah. According to a headline. Um, but back to what we're talking about, The Orville. Yeah, so... The best science fiction show on television right now. Yeah, so... I guess I won't do spoilers for the Orville right now, but basically the the last two episodes of the second season have aired and were a sort of double episode. And uh, I really liked the second to last episode, Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow, which Nathan wasn't too hot on. Um, but I, I really enjoyed it. But it led into the final episode of the season. And uh, we, we talked... Should we just do full spoilers? Yeah, full spoilers for the Oval because oh. apparently nobody watches no it. No one watches it, especially in Australia, which I don't even know if you can watch it. Uh, it's on SBS. Oh, it is. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you should watch it. One, you should watch it. And two, I'll put the timestamp so you can skip ahead if you haven't seen the Orville season two. So, spoiler warning for the Orville season two. Um, but, yeah, as I was saying... Yeah, the last couple of episodes I really liked. I liked the second to last episode a lot, which focuses on Kelly and the alternate timeline. <laughs> yeah, alternate timeline. This alternate timeline episode. Multiverse, yeah. Um, like, uh, yeah, Look, I, as you said before, I wasn't too hot on that episode. I found it a little boring, but I felt that it, like after watching the finale, it mm. was necessary. Yeah, but like I said a couple of weeks ago when we were sort of I think we smooshed it in between another conversation. Um, I really liked the ending to Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow. The ending was good. But even if the finale didn't exist, like if that episode never came out, I liked just the implications of that ending. Yeah. Like even after everything she went through, she's just like, no, this is my life. 
and I would be happy them one I mean I would have been happy for them to never address that again or I would have been happy for them to leave that as the cliffhanger finale and then start uh, season three with the Mirrorverse. Yeah. Or I would have been probably, this is my ultimate, like I would hope for, is that they don't address it again and then halfway through season three, they're just like, Mirrorverse episode. <laughs> and you're like, wait, 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 what, what is, who's this, what? And then you realise, oh, that's Kelly from that Mirrorverse episode and then they slowly explain to you that it's actually an alternate timeline and then, you know, cross over, crosses over with the main crew timeline. So that that would have been cool. But what they did is they made it a two-parter. Which was still good. Which I think Nathan just liked because he was like not so hot on the second last I, episode. I thought it was a little slow. And then the last um, episode, which is called The Road Not Taken because it's about the, the it's alternate about timeline. about what would have happened. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, I thought it was amazing. I thought it was like Star Wars level oh, yeah. adventuring. Yeah, like just like the the music was just so Star Wars. Like the music for the Orville has always been really, really good. But this finale episode especially was like super Star Warsy in the music. And even but the, also, the CG was really good in some yeah. of like the, the oh, ship yeah. they find. Those like, like the trawler. You know of. what? The designs for the Orville ships are really good. way better than a lot of the designs for the new Star Trek and the new Star Wars. And the show runs are such a tight budget. Yeah. Like the costumes and that are still TV and the lighting yeah. and that. But when it comes to actually the CG budget and the ships flying and stuff, it all looks really good. And the, do, I like the designs of everything. They do really well with what little they have. Yeah. Which it makes all the difference, man. Oh, yeah. And like we always talk about on the show, it's about the characters in the story. If the special effects aren't great, who cares? Exactly. As long as you care about the characters and what's going on. And the Orville... Some of the stories in this, like, they're yeah. just, like, standalone episodes about a character. There's a lot more character-driven episodes in yeah. this movie. Like, just singular sure. character-focused. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, that's that's I mean that's the luxury of having a, a show. You can explore things over a longer period of time. You can but, have character-focused yeah. episodes. But it's, like, not all shows do that. Like, there's a lot of shows where they'll just focus on a couple of characters, but in this season in particular, we've seen episodes that focus on, yeah. like, a wider well, range of... that's why of... I liked the second last episode, because it focused on Kelly, who we... We haven't really, don't had, really had a Kelly episode before. I don't think we've ever had, a, like, a proper Kelly-focused yeah. episode. And while I wasn't too hot on we've the, had pr- I think, the episode, yeah. I still approve. Yeah, I like that, and, yeah, I liked, I liked the whole multiverse questions of alternate, like, what would you do if you knew your future self and stuff like that. I mean, I saw some sort of people, like, cracking the shits a little bit with it on the fact that, like, in the episode they hide in a black hole. Oh, that was that in the that was in the last episode. Yeah, in the yeah, final yeah. episode. Like there was a, there was a few people having problems with that, but I'm like, did it science oh, look, fiction, man? It's a, look, it's a swashbuckling. The show the show definitely uh, plays fast and loose with the, with the realism and the science, but, but most most sci fi shows yeah. do. Um, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't a huge nah. Like just it's like it's, yeah, it's, it was dumb, but it was kind of like yeah, you get over it. But yeah, the last episode is much more adventurous because so it's in the alternate timeline. It has sort of Star Trek Mirrorverse vibes where everything's more dangerous. There's a more pirate kind of feel to everything because in this timeline, the Kalons... Just, like, just like, destroyed, destroyed everything. They destroy Earth? Uh, yeah, they did. Yeah. They destroyed Earth and they uh, destroyed the Orville and like wiped out the Union fleet and... 
slowly. Because good old Ed Mercer wasn't there to like keep it all yeah. together. <laughs> um, which uh, someone on Reddit brought up the point is that Seth MacFarlane has to be really narcissistic to write. Or, Did he write it? Well, I don't think he wrote it. Fair. Yeah, like, but it's like, guy, like... To, yeah, it's true, true. But it's like his character. Uh, gets the uh, Kelly's character like Kelly rejects his character and, and therefore about, causes yeah. the apocalypse pretty much. It, it sounds bad, all yeah. right, but it works in the show. Yeah, and but like I just I can have, see their point. I can see his. I can see their point, but we have to give Seth props for having this show. You know. Oh yeah. In the in to begin with. Yeah, it's so good. Um, I also like because it's the the Mirrorverse. They get uh Alara back. For like a yeah, cameo, that was cool. Which I, I was hoping expect, when, I didn't expect to see it. And well, then she's when, on the, the when it was a Mirrorverse episode, I'm like, well, it's Mirrorverse, so you have to have like another version of her. But it's like I wasn't sure if she was coming back or not, you know. And she's only in a short scene, like it's like a cameo. And we get the can you open this jar of pickles? Yeah, but it's for um, uh, what's her name? Oh, the other lady, the other one, Kiali. Kiali, okay. Yeah, um, but that's a good sort of. Call no callback's not the right word. It's a good reference because in this universe he never yeah he, he never, never met, met Alara. Alara yeah and so he uses the jar of pickles for someone else. But yeah, in the main timeline, that's his sort of thing with Alara. But I hope they bring Alara back more in like other future episodes, kind of like how Tasha Yar appeared in a few episodes of Next Generation here and there across the whole series. Like, not not yeah. every season, but it's like once or twice. But she's still an established character, even if she's not on screen. Yeah. So I'm hoping they... And it depends on, on uh, Holston Sage, the a- actress, like what her availability is or if she's interested. But, like, just in terms of the science fiction, I would like, and the world and the characters, I would like for her to come back every once in a while. You know what I would like? I would like an Alara and Kiali team-up episode. That would be cool. You know, just like, oh, hey, I'm back that, that could for bridge, a visit. and That could bridge the gap between, yeah. like, the audience as also, us viewers not knowing the new security chief yeah. as well as Alara, and yeah. it could be like a dual focus. I also, episode. yeah, I also, I'm because Alara left, like, three episodes in, and I'm not sure how their writing process worked. But I have a feeling some of the scripts they had already and just had to rewrite Alara's parts for Kiali. Probably. But I'm hoping in the next season to have a a Kiali-centric episode to deal with her character. Because we haven't had a Kiali episode yet. I think what you said was right. I think probably they had to just sort of rush right, yeah. some, like add some more stuff in. Like she's not a bad character. We just we just don't know. But a at lot the moment, yeah, yeah, she's she's just a replacement for Alara. Like she's the same species, same strength. Like there's not a lot of. She's a bit more like rough around the edges, if you want to say that. But other than that, like yeah, this yeah. is not different enough. And yeah, I mean that, that's that's kind of like we were when when Alara left. We were talking about how I didn't want them to just replace her with Alara two point At the moment, they've sort of done that a little bit. But yeah, I think I think you're I right. like, we have to give them a chance. Yeah, to I like of... Kiali. She's not exactly the same, but I think they need to develop her character more and do more. And fingers crossed, the Orville gets season three, so we can get that chance. I'm like. <laughs> Uh, you know, it's on Fox, and they have a pretty weird track record with 
their shows, especially sci-fi shows. I'm surprised it even got a season two. I don't know how pop like there's a there's a fan base for sure, but I don't know how big it is. Um, I mean, the, so, the show's only alive because of Seth MacFarlane. Yeah, like, and he's sort of Paul with the station. I wouldn't be surprised if they cancelled it. And but if it does, I hope someone picks it up. That's that's exactly like, I feel like. Because the law, the world building, it's yeah. such a good show. Just to it's the show of, we need. It's the show we need when right Star now. Trek and Star Wars suck, and the world's a pretty miserable place. And this show is largely positive. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, we need it's some the of that spirit. Hope. Yeah, yeah. The spirit of Star Trek, the the kind of utopian vision of the future. Yeah, I, I hope if it does get cancelled, that someone will pick it up. I'm assuming because it's a commercial television show on Fox, and like we said, the budget is. I hope the budget is manageable for another network to pick up. I mean, I'm sure it is. Like, it's not... Because we always say, oh, you know, Netflix should take it. But Netflix, they... Netflix is weird yeah, as well. It's like, they, it's like sometimes they'll save a show, sometimes they won't, sometimes they'll run... Like, they, they've been cancelling a lot of like, their own stuff. They saved Lucifer. Yeah. Of all shows to save. Like, I'm not, I'm not dissing Lucifer. Yeah. I somewhat enjoyed it. Yeah. But... At the same time, why Lucifer? Exactly. Is that show more popular than a lot of the other shows they've been cancelling? As far as I'm I know, assuming... it didn't do that well. Yeah, so I don't know Yeah, I don't know what the deal is, but I feel like if The Orville got cancelled, Netflix wouldn't be the one to save it. Um, it it'd probably, hopefully, I would imagine it'd be another network, like uh, commercial network, but I don't know who would take it. Who picked up Brooklyn Nine-Nine? Uh, NBC, but that show started at NBC. Did it? Oh, they pi- like originally it was developed by NBC and some- and then they sold it and then they sold to- it. Was it ABC? Um, Fox. Oh, it was on Fox, mm. and then Fox cancelled it and then NBC. Okay, so like they they brought it back to NBC and then NBC was like, "It's coming home, everybody!" Like, okay, so that's interesting. That's yeah, that. Mm. But I think someone would have picked up Brooklyn Nine Nine anyway. Yeah, it's because. It- it's it's pop like it's popular Brooklyn Nine Nine is popular. The why, thing is, the see, metrics see this is Fox use, is weird. Why why did they cancel? Because it? the metrics they use mm. largely don't take into account streaming. Yeah, because they're all they're a bunch they're, of old people yeah, who don't old, understand how people yeah, yeah who people how so, people watch things. Like the live ratings aren't great, and they're probably not great for the Orville. Yeah, um, but like, like yeah, but the Brooklyn Nine Nine has a, a massive youth following. Yeah, so because Andy Samberg and like the the Terry Crews yeah. and the cast, the style of humor and the style of humor. So kids aren't going to watch it live. Yeah. They'll watch no. it on demand. Yeah. And the, the on-demand sort of platform's numbers were huge. Mm. They were huge. Yeah. And so it wasn't that much of an issue getting picked up. Yeah. From, and f- like, That's, see, this is what I'm worried about, the Orville. Like, yeah, this is the main, that would be the main reason we get it's cancelled. Like, uh, yeah, I feel like if it was, yeah, see, this is the problem with like... F- it's a problem with all television. Yeah. It's like no one watches TV anymore, at least you know, not in the same way as they used to. So, like, The Orville, I don't think... It's not a show that would do well on television, but streaming... It would do well. Yeah. Um, and the only thing we can... The show has going for it again is Seth MacFarlane's poor well, in the yeah. industry. Hopefully, yeah, he's going Because they even cancelled Family Guy, remember? And then they and brought then they it brought back. back. Yeah. It's like, it's, they're crazy. Like, yeah. they, they make weird decisions all the time. So, uh, like, the only thing that could save the Orville, if they were to cancel it, it's Seth MacFarlane's baby. Yeah. He's not just an actor on it. So, yeah. he could go well, to all his connections and be like, someone needs to take my show. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully, that's what, if it does get cancelled, that's what happens. Because um, it would be sad if it just ended. 
I, I don't see him taking it lying down. Yeah. Like, because this and is the show he's always wanted yeah, to do. Yeah, like, I know, I know it's not Star Trek, but I hope it kind of it's develops. Also, it's also the show that's not, yeah. not Star Trek. Yeah, yeah. But, like, <laughs> and, you know, I want it to be its own thing, and it is its own thing. But I also hope it develops like Star Trek does, where it kind of gets better as it goes along. So far, I think and it has. And the budget gets bigger, and the the designs get better, and the special effects get better, and the... I'm hoping for a costume uh, change. What do you call it? Uh, uniform change. Because when the show started, it was like, we're not Star Trek. We're kind of funny. And we're, um, we're not kind of not low budget, but, you know, we're a TV budget. And the, the costumes are kind of like, you know, we're, colorful and And we're just like you didn't have a dog as an alien. <laughs> just stick, just stick <laughs> yeah. antennas on its head. Um, but and now that it's getting going and it's actually the science fiction stuff is really good. I'm like, I hope they kind of maybe redesign some of the uniforms and stuff, make it look a bit more. Um, like we, we need, we need a supernatural style situation where the CEO of the network is like, over my dead body, will this show get cancelled? Yeah, but then you don't want it to go for twelve seasons, <laughs> fifteen. Oh wow, okay, I was, I was a bit <laughs> lowball <laughs> estimation there. Yeah, like as much as I love the Orville, if they dragged it out for fifteen seasons, I don't, I don't think that would be a good idea. Yeah, I mean, look what's happening with Game of Thrones. They're just rushing it now because they don't have any time or money left. And they're just like, we have to finish, we have to finish. And it's the show's suffering. So you can imagine se- season 15 of The Orville, you know. <laughs> it's Senate Seth MacFarlane's garage. Yeah, it's just like everyone's just like, ah. Oh. So, yeah, like I'm hoping it gets a few more seasons, but I'm hoping it like it sort of uh, gets a, maybe a bit more budget, a bit more better designs, better special effects, and then then it kind of gets to a point where it ends satisfyingly. And I want a Blu-ray release. Is it not on Blu-ray? Nah. Fox stopped um, Blu-ray production for Why? their shows because it's too expensive. They do they do home releases. Simpsons is on Fox, right? And I, I read an article where they were only releasing Simpsons on Blu-ray and not DVD anymore. Oh, Maybe The Simpsons is different. Maybe because that's their still a big kind of yeah, flagship maybe. show. Probably, but I've also read The Orville does not have a Blu-ray release, only DVD. Maybe because all only old people buy DVDs, <laughs> and it's like, well, for the old people you get the DVDs, but for everyone else you're yeah, going to watch it streaming. Yeah. But I would, yeah, I would when it, when it finishes, I'm going to buy the Blu-ray box set. But if it doesn't exist, that's that's what I would do. Like I would buy the box set when it's all said and done. Yeah. Um, but you know, hopefully we'll get that. But yeah. apparently they're not too hot on the sort of Blu-ray home release anymore. That's sad. Yeah, I don't like when the, when but like, companies like, do that. Like, I'm sure it's more expensive, but DVD? I know DVD yeah. is still the most popular sort of platform around yeah. the world, like all markets considered. Yeah. But DVD? But it's like, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to buy it on DVD. Like, I'd rather just stream it in high definition. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, hopefully it does come out on Blu-ray. And shout out to the meme I saw on the internet about mm. what Bordas did on the Orville alone oh, for six yeah. months. Yeah. As soon as I saw him, I'm like, that's exactly what he was doing. I knew. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, so people who watch will know what we mean. Yeah. But um, he, a certain addiction. A, he certain, has, ad- a certain addiction. Which we've talked about before. <laughs> um, but uh, the addiction that's not smoking. No. Oh, yeah. He had that addiction too. <laughs> yeah. He's got an addictive personality. Um, but yeah, it, was it in what episode? It was in. Uh, the second last episode with the dancing. 
Yes. With they bought, went to a club, and Clyde yeah. and go to a, a club. And yeah. It's hilarious. Funniest thing I've ever oh seen. Oh, my God. Like, they, they are the, some of the best character they're, moments. Yeah. Like, the sort of the humor moments. Yeah. Some of the Bordis they're, ones they're, I think, are like... I think Bordis and Clyde are my favorite characters. They're, just, <laughs> yeah. they're hilarious, but also, like, when they get into the serious stuff, it's really serious. Yeah. Um, also, like, I think we, men- we mentioned it a couple of weeks ago. We were talking about... What show were we talking about a couple of weeks ago? Oh, a movie. Ooh. Um, I'm blanking now. Yeah, I watched so many movies I can't remember. Um, because we we were like talking about it, and then we just like you mentioned the Orville, and we went on a like tangent for five minutes about the Orville. Last week was Endgame. Yeah, was the week before before that. It was a new movie, was it? Pet Cemetery. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we were talking about Pet Cemetery, and then you're like the something something the Orville, and then Callum hadn't watched the episode. Me and you went on like on a tangent. Um, and then we're like, oh, we'll talk about it not next week because Endgame. We'll talk about yeah. the week after, which is now now what we're talking about. Um, but yeah, uh, I think during that episode we mentioned um, was it the third third to last episode, the one with the Mocklin female planet. Yes. Yeah, that was a really good episode. That was. A really I think good episode. that might be my favorite episode of the season. But all the episodes have been good, so it's kind of hard to. My favorite in the season at the moment. The cigarette one. No, uh, it's yes, it's that episode. <laughs> so good. Not for that joke though. <laughs> I I like the storyline involving no. Gordon. Yeah. No. Yeah. That that was a good um episode. Yeah. It's it's just a good show. If you haven't watched the Orville and you like sci-fi and you like even comedy, if you don't, even if you don't, give it a shot. True. Like it's. A I good think it's character. accessible enough. It's accessible enough, and it has the sort of some of the humor you like uh, from like Seth MacFarlane's sort of style of humor. Yeah. Uh, but it's like it also is a good character drama at yeah. the heart of it. The characters are just likable. Like I like watching them. I like seeing like what they're going to do next. I, I, like, I think I think that one of the things I like about the show is like the the sort of the character dynamic. It's almost like. It's like you see Star Trek Discovery and it's like a military sort of thing. Whereas it's very cold. It's very cold. But the Orville's warm and it's like they're a family on the yeah. ship. It's like that sort of community atmosphere. Yeah. And it's like they always tackle these problems it's all, together. Yeah, it's all about it's, friendships and relationships. It's all that cheesy sort of stuff yeah. that we need right now. And yeah. like the competition, Star Trek Discovery is that yeah, cold military yeah. sort of action. Or even like Star Wars where the characters are not characters they're just there to run around and shoot things exactly and like there's this surface level uh it gives off this surface level vibe of like oh these guys are friends but in reality it's like they haven't really done anything together or exactly. learned anything um but we'll talk about souls now <laughs> okay because trigger warning trigger warning for all listeners and all non-listeners, because the 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 ripple effect of my anger goes out into Be, the beyond the station, yeah, into the ether, beyond the beyond the radio waves and beyond the podcast. Um, so we're gonna talk about Cobra Kai, which is which we love, arguably the best show on television, <laughs> certainly the best thing on YouTube. Yeah, well, yeah, definitely the best YouTube show. <laughs> By a long while. <laughs> it's like the only YouTube show. <laughs> Everything else is just like PewDiePie trash. Um, <laughs> did his show get cancelled? Because he's like... We, we shouldn't talk about no, that. No, that guy's no. a Nazi and he, I don't uh, know yeah. why. <laughs> he has a soft spot in my heart, but he's made some bad decisions. Yeah. He, he, yeah. <laughs> um, 
Um, <laughs> but yeah, Cobra Kai is a show we all love, and it's H- hold on. Should we, we start? For listeners who we've we've referenced the show before, yeah. But let's start at the beginning. So yeah. it is a follow up to yeah. the Karate Kid franchise. Yeah, it's, it's the original franchise, not yeah. the reboot. No, not the Jaden Smith crap that doesn't exist. Um, the original like eighties Karate Kid movies. This is the modern TV show spin off of that. And and we've always liked these films. Yeah, like they're classics. Yeah. And initially, we were worried. Oh, very worried. Like I was cautiously optimistic, yeah. but it could have gone tits like, up. Like most reboots of beloved franchises, we were expecting it to just end up being crap or to being like, you know, going in the wrong direction or, you know, because we've seen that a lot. But it ended up being really good because of the way it handled the characters 30 years on. Like now, so char- good. characters who were in their teens are now in their mid, like, you know, middle-aged. Um, and the way it deal, dealt with that while also feeling fresh and introducing new characters. Um, I mean, and the themes of the Karate Kid itself are timeless. Yeah. So it wasn't an issue of it feeling tired. Because it's like classic it's, underdog story yeah, or whatever. It's, but it's always going to be relevant. It's not, just, it's not just a retread of the original movies. No. Like, it takes what happened in the original movies and, like, expands upon them and develops the characters based on the choices we see them make in the originals, but plus 30 years of other stuff. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's just so good. Yeah, So, like, as you said, it's like 30 years of other stuff. It's like, where are these characters now? Yeah. And it's like, Daniel owns a successful car dealership. Yeah. There's like, all of that, We we know nothing about that. Like how that happened. Or oh anything. yeah, we didn't see we, the we didn't actual see process, it, but, it's like, but but it's like it's yeah, it's it's realistic. Yeah, it's Johnny's sort of down on his luck. Yeah, um, you know, he, working a sort of a the, really crappy sort took, of installation job. He's a, like a handyman. Stuff. He's a handyman. Yeah, like he took the loss to Daniel in the original Karate Kid hard. It wasn't just that; and, it was like the loss of Cobra Kai. Yeah. Because it's like yeah, uh, he's sort of his brothers and like yeah, they're but all it's sort like because he was hot shit in high school. And then he lost to the new kid and lost Cobra Kai, which was like his... His family. Twisted family. And then that set, set him on the path of like alcoholism and, uh, you know... Sad times. Being, being a kind yeah. of a, 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 like a, a bum. Um, but it's not a grim dark show. Like it's a com- like it's comedy. Like it's hilarious. Yeah. It's, it's so good. But it also deals with the characters really well and, and the emotional moments really well. Um, and I like how, yeah, it uses the original Karate Kid movies as a basis to tell its own story and to go do its own thing. And it does it so well. Yeah. Like, this is not, we've seen this before and it never works. Yeah. Well, yeah, almost never except for Uh, Creed. Creed, which was based on Rocky, directed by John G. Avildsen, and Cobra Kai is directed on... The Karate Kid, directed by John G. Avildsen. <laughs> so you can see, like, maybe we should just, like, re- reboot uh, John G. Avildsen movies. No. But it's, like, it's that story is of, like, like the underdog. underdog yeah. Because the Karate Kid and Rocky follow a similar formula of, like, the underdog, um, you know, showing he can go the distance, um, standing up to the, quote-unquote, bully. But they also have good characters, too. Yeah. 
they're good. Yeah, they're good like dramas. Um, but yeah, it's like the way Creed dealt with like forty years of like Rocky franchise history, while also being its own movie and feeling fresh and modern and doing its own thing. Um, Cobra Kai does the same thing. So I think those are the two best, most successful reboots or continuations of beloved 80s like franchises. Um, Definitely. Because of how they deal with, how they continue on without just feeling masturbatory like yeah, J.J. Abrams. Yeah, you know, it doesn't get stuck in the past. Yeah. Um, but it does it acknowledge also, yeah. its sort of roots. It's like every time we, we watch it, I always say to you, I'm like, I love how the show deals it has nostalgia but it uses it to develop the characters yeah johnny is stuck in the 80s which because, is which is also funny which at is the same yeah, time which has a lot but, of great yeah. jokes but, but it, it's also yeah, it's like it's not core just of his character exactly it's not just there to say hey remember this guy hey remember that it's there because johnny that was his like when he was at the top of his game and and it's not it's not a joke too it's like i i've seen people like that in my life Oh yeah, like people that they peak it's, in the eighties. We'll, we'll, we'll they talk, peak when they're like. We'll a talk team. about it now, but it's the MAGA problem. Make yeah. America Great Again. It's, it's that this idea. Glasses yeah. of I used to be like when I was seventeen, I was yeah. amazing. And yeah. it was 1983. all the chicks loved me. I had a car, and it's like so. They to them, it's like well, that's when it was the best. It's that classic rock sort of era, yeah. sort of like, and that's Johnny's character. He's and stuck that in that era, and so there's all these nostalgia scenes of like. Literal, uh, you know, what do you call it? Flashbacks cutting to scenes from the original Karate Kid. Which is another good thing I think we should talk about very quickly. Yeah. The fact that they are able to use all of these footage from the movies and even some cut footage from oh, the yeah. original films. Yeah. Because we've seen some sort of reboots where um, they, they haven't, or some shows where they haven't been able to use flashbacks. For instance, um, there was a movie, I forget, Callum's not here, so he, he would know the band name. Mm. There was a band movie... Where they didn't have the right... This is by the oh, band. I, I remember they made a Jimi Hendrix movie with Andre 3000 where they couldn't get the rights to Jimi Hendrix music. That's ridiculous. So, like, how? Like at that point, you just, just scrapped the, the scrap the movie. So, it's good to see that they were able to get, like, the sort of the yeah. rights to these old films. Yeah, and it's like I, like I said, they don't just replay these scenes for nostalgia and say, oh, remember this, how cool is that scene? It's like a character's remembering things and then it, it forms their development. Yeah, the only time we ever see a flashback is when, say, Johnny's remembering something. Yeah. And that's informing or, the yeah. scene. Or it's like Daniel remembering one of Mr. Miyagi's teachings. Yeah, but it informs the scene that yeah. you're sort of... It's relevant yeah. to the scene that and we're then, in. Yeah, and then he also then imparts that wisdom on the younger characters. Um so, uh, yeah, and, and what I like about the show is the new characters are also interesting. It's not just, hey, remember Daniel's son and Johnny Lawrence, the yeah. bully. It's like there are new younger characters who these characters teach karate, who the original characters teach karate, and, like, they have their own drama and stuff. Um, yeah, and I think, like with Creed, Cobra Kai is, like, the best continuation of that beloved sort of franchise because of the way it deals with the continuation um, and the development of the characters over that long period of time and the way it passes the torch from the original characters to these new, younger characters. And it's why 
Cobra Kai is a better Star Wars movie than The Last Jedi. By far. <laughs> well, I, mean, I said we, trigger warning, didn't I? Yeah. I said trigger warning. I mean, we, we watched, um, for a bit of context, James, myself, and Callum watched all of the original films. Yeah. And we rewatched the season, uh, one, season one of Cobra Kai before, in anticipation for season two. Yeah, before binging um, season even two. When, even when we were watching Karate Kid 1, we were talking about how it's a really good well, Star Wars movie. Yeah, we'll talk about it later. Like, the original. Karate Kid trilogy with the, all the Daniel, like excluding the fourth one, um, that like you can remake those. Like like we always say on every show, you can remake those into good Star Wars movies. You can remake Karate Kid three into a great Last Jedi style you yeah. know, movie, which we'll talk about later. Um, but yeah, like the way it deals with nostalgia, like you know, in Force Awakens. All the references and nostalgia was just there for that. It was just there to be masturbatory, to say, hey, remember Stormtroopers? Hey, remember TIE Fighters? Hey, remember Lightsabers? Hey, look at this. This is cool. The new characters would, like I said during the Orville section of the discussion, the, 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 the new Star Wars characters, Finn, Ray, Rose, they're just there to be there. They're, they're um, just there as they're, vehicles. They're just there as vehicles and they're just there to do the things that the original characters would have done in the originals. Whereas in Cobra Kai, the new characters are their own characters. They're interesting in their own right. And it's up to the legacy characters, you can call them that, like Daniel and, yeah, to inform, and Johnny. Yeah, to yeah. inform their teachings. And yeah, to teach them and drive to, that to butt heads with them yeah. and to impart knowledge on them. And those kids are going to screw that up and make mistakes, which we'll talk about. But ultimately... You know they're gonna take the take the torch and carry on the legacy, which the Star Wars movies haven't done well. They squandered that opportunity when they left Luke out of Force Awakens, killed off Han, left uh, Leia, Leia largely unused. Yeah, largely unused. Um, then killed Luke off, and uh, Carrie Fisher unfortunately passed away. So at this point, it's like, and the new characters haven't really earned or or developed at all. Um, so yeah, they never really, you know, there was never that it doesn't feel like a good continuation. And, and also there was never that opportunity for, um, uh, Han, Luke and Leia to impart much of that exactly. wisdom onto yeah. the and, newer and, generation and, like they've done so well in Cobra Kai. Exactly. And, and also like we were talking about just at the start of the discussion about how it, the Cobra Kai deals with that 30 year gap so well, Daniel is now a successful car salesman. And it just kind of makes sense for his character. No, he didn't go on to become a karate champion at 50 and, like, still teach yeah. karate. Yeah, but what he, he did get he was a karate. load of classic cars from Mr. Miyagi. Yeah, it's like he learned he learned karate, he loved it, it, it you know, brought purpose to his life. It helps but him find his balance. Ultimately, he went to college, he got, a, you know, he got married, he had kids, and he started a car, like, like car dealership. Like, he's a normal guy. And it kind of explains, and, you know, as the series goes on, it explains how he uses Miyagi's teachings in his day-to-day life. But at the start of season one, he's kind of forgotten about that. He's gone more into the business side. He's using karate and Mr. Miyagi's bonsai trees as, like, a marketing gimmick for his business. Which I'm not sure that Mr. Miyagi... Yeah, exactly. Like. But that's what I'm saying. He's, yeah, he's, he's kind forgotten. of He's yeah. kind of lost his way. And uh, just a, qu- a quick shout-out to the fact that the car yard, while well, it seems like a normal thing, like the fact that Mr. Miyagi had his own little yeah. car lot, it's that's almost like, yeah. it's a natural it's a good, progression. Yeah, so that's kind of my point, is like 
Cobra Kai deals with that long gap so well by in, kind of informing. Not, not, it's not even like it's not even like beating you over the head with it. It's and saying like this is what's happened in the thirty years. It's just like a natural progression of where yeah, these and, characters would end and up. It's so rewarding to yeah. see like this these sort of these I'd say we'll call them life decisions yeah. play out thirty years later yeah. when you watch the original movie. Yeah. And and how the character's obsession with the the eighties and the original movies kind of it has ruined or informed their current lives. But it's what's the style new Star Wars movies do so poorly is they completely ignored that thirty year gap between Return of the Jedi and Force Awakens. They didn't really explain Luke's character change. They haven't explained the rise of the First Order, and they just leave that gap completely, you know, and at this point it's too late. You know, we were talking about a couple of weeks ago, we were joking, like, Episode 9 has to be, like, mostly flashbacks. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, we'll continue this discussion off-air um, because we're out of time. But thank you, everyone, for listening. If you're listening live, uh, Matt's up next with his show Car Talk, so stick around for that. Uh, otherwise, if you're listening to the podcast, we'll be back in a sec. All right, so we're back and we were talking about how Cobra Kai deals perfectly with the sort of long gap between when the Karate Kid movies uh, originally ended in the 80s and how, yeah, it kind of, uh, re- I mean, reboots them, not, you know, reboots not the right word, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, and how, yeah, it kind of, it feels like a natural progression. Whereas, you know, in Star Wars, mostly because of The Last Jedi, but Force Awakens has the problems as well. It's like, how did we get here? It's not, it's like, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. You know, the Force, First Order comes out of nowhere. The The Republic is nowhere to be seen. You know, Kylo's... That's because they want you to read the book. <sighs> Star Wars, there's a large well, If they element. want me to read the book, they're doing a bad job because I don't want to read the book. Yeah, no, no. I, <laughs> I mean, neither. They're terrible books. But the problem Star Wars has, especially modern Star Wars, mm. is that they they sort of, they're lazy in that they want to fill all of that gap, all that missing lore. Yeah. They just stick in a novel. And the novel's no, not even you, well You know written. what? They want to do all that without actually any of the character building or world building scenes. Exactly. We talked about how... You know, Force Awakens is just quick, 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 get to the next scene, get to... I think J.J. Abrams has this problem in most of his movies where no one ever just sits and talks. No one ever just... There's no world building. There's no character moments. It's just we have to run and get to the next scene quickly. And we have to make lots of jokes and yell a lot to get there. Um, and so, yeah, it doesn't make sense. But yeah, like well, like I was saying, that that thirty year gap, you know, it doesn't make Luke's Luke's, you know, Kylo's corruption and Luke's sort of turn to 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 being super depressed and grumpy. It's it's not well explained. It comes out of nowhere. Um, it's not developed well, and it doesn't it doesn't effectively. What's the word? It doesn't jumpstart or or reboot the sort of feeling of like this is the new adventure. For this series, yeah, and and that's because largely it doesn't really have the same themes. It doesn't yeah. have the same feeling, the spirit, the same spirit. Yeah. Whereas so, Cobra Kai does exactly. It's like it feels like you know Daniel and Johnny could disappear from Cobra Kai next season, and the younger characters they could still drive could just it. Forward, ta- it could yeah. drive it. Like it, it will be missing. A, a oh yeah, bit of the charm. But you know what I mean. But the the story could continue. Yeah. 
whereas, faithfully yeah, without them. Whereas we discussed a few weeks ago with the with the uh, Rise of Skywalker trailer, where it's like we're at the end of the trilogy, we don't really know anything about <laughs> anyone. The characters happened. aren't interesting, and Ray and Finn are just like. I don't care about them. They can't continue a franchise. Like, just end... And that's why we're glad. Just end it. Whereas, we're up to season two of Cobra Kai and season three has just been announced, which we're so glad. Um, but it's like, this show could keep going and really, it really feels... Well, there was... Um, Ralph Macchio was saying that the creators have a vision on where they want to take these characters. They're not sure, like, how many seasons it will take to get yeah. there. But, like, they have, like, a vision that extends over, and you like, can, five, six, seven seasons. But you can see that, and I would be happy even if it was just three seasons. Like, you can definitely see, like, they're working towards something. They work because Daniel and Johnny obviously have beef from back in the 80s. But they're kind of slowly working it out. But then something will go wrong and they'll, you know, start fighting again. But I think they're definitely there's, working to... You can see they're working work towards yet. like a final reconciliation, not just between the characters, but with what happened in the 80s, what happened in their childhoods. Um, and I guess we'll sort of segue into spoilers because we're being pretty vague. But yeah, like Cobra Kai is just such a great show. And even if you're not like a Karate Kid fan, like just watch the original... And then you can binge. They're half an hour episodes, uh, ten not, episodes. Not all. Somewhere like twenty, twenty-five minutes. A couple of them, I think. Twenty-five to thirty. They're thirty-minute. You know, yeah. half an hour episodes, ten episode seasons. You can binge uh, season one and two pretty quickly. They're very digestible. But yeah, you don't have to be a Karate Kid fan. It's just a fun show. It's funny. The characters are interesting. And it takes it in a new, interesting direction while still keeping the spirit of the originals and and having a logical progression from the originals. So, yeah, we love Cobra Kai and we can't wait for season three. We're so happy it got renewed. We're, we're fanboys. Yeah. Um, it's so good. But, yeah, we'll, we'll do full spoilers now. So, if you haven't seen the original Karate Kid 1, 2, and 3, or if you haven't seen seasons 1 and 2 of Cobra Kai, we're going to do, like, a full spoiler discussion um, and also Last Jedi and Force Awakens and, <laughs> and Star Wars uh, spoilers as well. But, um, yeah, so this is a f- major spoiler warning for Cobra Kai. Um, but basically, what was I saying? I was saying, like, the way it deals with the the sort of characters and continuing the themes and, and continuing the, the, the logical progression, but it uses that not for nostalgia, you know, but, but to to develop where these characters are at now. So in season, we'll talk more about season two because that's the one that's just come out. And it um, has some juice in it. Oh, it's really good. But in, in this sort of season, because like, as we said, Daniel has his business. Um, and in this season, he's sort of trying to balance karate and his work life so and his he, family life. He, yeah. He's sort of forgotten the balance that is the basically the basis of the original movie trilogy. Yeah. Like Miyagi Do Karate he's is all, all about, about balance. balance, and he's sort of forgotten that balance in his life. Yeah, kind of you know his business is everything, and he's put into a situation where he's like he feels the need to start practicing his karate more. That's what I think is interesting. Is Daniel has a family, he he has a successful business. Karate is like he still likes karate, but like it's still an important part of him. But it's like he wasn't all about karate. And it's like Cobra Kai coming back 
is what sort of forced him to... To sort of begin again. Which is an interesting discussion because I feel like that's very anti-Miyagi-Do philosophy. 100%. It's like bringing something back for offense. And we we sort of see that transition of Daniel LaRusso actually sort of being aware of that throughout yeah. season two. Yeah, it's great. It's great. I love how they kind of, yeah, they because they, Daniel can be a very... Um, a very hippo, Hippocratic? No. Hypocritical. <laughs> Hippocritical. <laughs> Hippocratic, yeah, take Hippocratic. the Hippocratic oath when you become a doctor. Oh, we'll talk about doctors <laughs> later. I've got, yeah. But, um, yeah, he's very hypocritical um, because, you know, he tried to teach his Miyagi stuff, but he's very quick to judge. He's very yeah, quick yeah. to, f- like, he, you know, he won't quote unquote strike first, but he always ends up like, you know, uh, misreading the situation and getting into a fight. And, like, I kind of like that. Like, yeah. he's a very flawed... Even the original movies... Yeah, he's we'll, like that. We'll yeah. talk about Karate Kid 3, where, you know, like, he's kind of like... That's kind of like what he's... Like, he's a good person at heart, but he's a bit hot-headed. Yeah, and and he's the same in the show. Exactly yeah. the same. But it, it just works so it, well yeah. for this, like, middle-aged man to be, like, angry about his, like, business competitors <laughs> and, like, his, like, fat... Uh, annoying son yeah but the son is frustrating to yeah. be fair no he's a little shit yeah he would annoy me yeah um but yeah like i like that that sort of making the character you knew in the 80s a sort of you know working dad and it's still working and you can still see it's the same guy yeah but then developing him more and kind of you know having him come to terms with you know what he learned under mr miyagi and he has to find a way to reapply it in his own life. Yeah, and not just with karate, but with, like, work and family. Um, and that's kind of the same with Johnny, where it's like his life kind of went down the crapper. I mean, look, we see more of Daniel in sort of the original movies. It was his yeah. franchise. We don't see that much of Johnny in, like, his sort of home well, life in the show, but well, in the movies. But this is what makes the sort of well, yeah, show great. Jo- Johnny, yeah, Johnny in the original movie, he's just, he's a pretty one-dimensional villain. Like, he's just he's a just, bully. He's, he's just, a bad guy. Yeah. And I think the great thing about the show is that it's, like, showing that he's, like, more, there's, like, more to him than there, just that. There are layers. Yeah. But, like, we were worried before the first season came out, that's not, you know, that's, that's not just this one thing. It's not just, what if the bad guy from Karate Kid wasn't really a bad guy? Like, I mean, it's not, now there's, like, this, there's this whole meme thing yeah. years before this show came out from How I Met Your Mother yeah. about how Johnny was actually the good guy, the good guy and, and Daniel, Daniel was, was the, the bad, bad guy. guy. Yeah. And, and while that's funny... Yeah. It's I've, like, always, I've always thought that was dumb. Like, it's funny, <laughs> but, you know... It's, but, and, like, this sort of... It doesn't play with that idea a little bit. It just shows I you that there's... I think it does... It it takes that idea, but it it doesn't like that's not just it's one it's, gimmick. Like yeah. it then develops that into this is a actual three dimensional yeah, person it, it, who it has tra- problems. Like we see some of the events from the original movie, in particular from his perspective. Yeah, and that's funny. That's funny. Yeah, he's like kicked me and he like took my girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's like, but it's legitimately that's how he feels about yeah. it. Yeah, and so, that, exactly that's what I'm saying about how they reuse scenes from the originals. Not just for, hey, remember how cool that was? But it's like, he's like twisted version of yeah. what happened. <laughs> yeah. And he believes it. Yeah. He's like, it, it shows them that he's not actually a bad guy. There yeah. might be, as you said, some misunderstandings, yeah. misreading of a situation. Mm. 
Um, and, you know, he's, I guess, we'll say fallen victim to that quite a few times yeah, yeah. In, in the 80s, <laughs> according to his point of view. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, he got assaulted by an old man. <laughs> well, he did. Yeah, or, yeah well, like... Oh, no, no. And I like that scene. The, there's the scene where he gets beat up by Mr. Miyagi, which he deserved. Yeah. But then there's but in the his scene, mind, it's like, yeah, he was we were assaulted. just trying to sort yeah. the issue out once and for all, yeah. and then we got beaten but up. But then there's that man. cool scene where he, like, remembers Crease like, choking him, and he, like, sees it. Like you see, yeah, it, you yeah. see the scene from the movie, but it's also him like seeing it. He's thinking like about a vision, it, yeah. sort of not a vision, but you know, yeah, like he's, a memory. He's, he's remembering. Yeah, so that's cool. But yeah, it never happens for nostalgia reasons. It always happens for character development reasons, and it's the same with like the '80s kind of classic rock soundtrack. And like Johnny's obsessed with like Iron Eagle and other '80s movies, like. It's not just, hey, remember how cool that was? You remember the 80s? It's like, he's kind of stuck in that Yeah, he peaked juvenile, and he's stuck there. Yeah, that adolescent kind of where he peaked. And then he's kind of trying to re- relive that. And I mean, from a certain p- point of view, you can't blame him. Like, he has nothing else in his life. Yeah. Other than those good memories. Yeah. Like, he has a shit job. Exactly. And he's which not is why in contact he, with his son. Yeah, which is why he brings Cobra Kai back. Is to yeah. is to sort of give him purpose again, and to yeah, to sort of give, and that's why this is another interesting argument, which I hope they develop more in season three. We, I just mentioned, you know, Miyagi Do comes back as a sort of offense, which is it's anti Cobra Kai, anti- motivated, no, no, motivated. yeah, but it's it's also against what Miyagi Do's teachings are to bring something. To bring karate, karate just for offense. Yeah, offense. It's drinking I mean, you defensive. Could, you could argue that because Cobra Kai exists, it's they're coming to to uh, def- be defensive. Nah, I don't think that. Flies, but I think though. Daniel, yeah. in, you know, like we said, Daniel's a hothead in his mind. It's like we have to bring it back. But in I'm, the original movie, Misty and I didn't particularly care about Cobra Kai. No, he didn't all. care about yeah. fighting. Like no. the competition, he yeah. was like, "It's stupid." Which we'll talk about Karate Kid Three, how that ties in. Um, but I think what's interesting is that because Johnny is making karate, bringing karate back for his own, like, because that's his purpose, like, that's almost more Miyagi-Do. Uh, yeah. Even though his teachings are very... Not very peaceful. Yeah. Um, he's, like, overall, like, he wants to practice karate because it's what gives him his purpose. And, and-, and he wants to help kids... Yeah, that's what I was about you know? to say. His motivation for doing it isn't sort of... It's not muddy. It's like he he needs to get himself out of this funk. It's something that he's good at. Yeah. And he sees these kids that prob- they need his help. Yeah. Like, they, they he needs to... He's, in his mind of view, he's trying to teach these kids some self-respect, some yeah. self-discipline. Exactly. He's just going about it the wrong way. Because yeah. Because that's what he was... Like Mr. Miyagi says, is there's no such thing of as bad students. Just only a bad, bad teacher. teachers. And it's like... Johnny go, you know. Johnny teaches the Cobra Kai way because he was taught by Crease that that way. That you know, no mercy, you know. Um, but he he in his heart he just wants to help the kids and and practice karate and teach karate. And I think that's interesting with his first student Miguel, um, how his journey goes from like he's an innocent kind of kid who gets bullied who wants to fight back, so he learns karate from Johnny, but Johnny teaches him a way that's kind of, you know, pretty hardcore and uh, violent. And so when he uses that, and when Johnny realizes that's what's happening, he tries to rein Miguel in, but it's kind of too late. 
because Miguel's already like seeing how being a badass can how, how effective violence yeah. is and then when yeah. crease comes back and everything gets much worse yeah and and it's like just just when miguel sort of starts to realize that johnny may be right and that there's there's you know he has to fight with honor and he you know maybe maybe there's a sort of middle ground to the cobra kai uh teachings I think johnny amends Kreese, it somewhat yeah. he tries to rectify it by being like yeah Sort of, you know, strike first, strike hard, no mercy, but you need to have Fight honor. with honor, yeah. Fight with honor. And so, but when Kreese comes in and sort of seduces or corrupts most of the other students, then that's, that's like, really interesting. Because Johnny's kind of, like, Johnny kind of realizes the error in the Cobra Kai teachings and tries to keep that badass quality, but also fight with honor. And Kreese is just like, nah, go full. Yeah, Go hardcore, yeah. And well, I, I'd just like to point out that it's it's actually really good to see that is Martin Cove is that his name? Cove or Cove? Yeah, yeah. I don't know how you pronounce it, but he's in really pretty good shape. I mean, considering how old he is, yeah, I guess. Like, yeah. No, but like it's just a, it's good that he was able to come back into the show. I think yeah, like, like when he came in at the end of season one, like at, as the cliffhanger, it was like, whoa, this is gonna be awesome. But he's. His sort of involvement in season two is just so, so good. It is so good. And again, it's not just remember that guy, yeah, he's the bad guy again. It's like... In our analogy, he's a Sith Lord. Yeah. Oh, we'll talk, we'll talk yeah. about that later. I've got a whole thing <laughs> yeah. of analogies. But I love the way he's like quietly seduces. Yeah. Like, like a really good Sith Lord. He's yeah. like just turning you to the dark yeah. side. And I like, like we mentioned earlier, like Johnny and Kreese initially bond over that idea of like... These kids are soft. These kids yeah. are soft, you know... Ma- kind of maga we, yeah, we always make, joke make karate great again yeah we always <laughs> yeah. joke that it's like they're they're ma- like johnny's a maga hat he's a trump voter like he's all about like pc is bullshit and you know um kids are soft now and and you know it's all about you know uh you know classic cars and classic rock and and uh what's he uh, concussions uh, uh <laughs> yeah, what does he say uh, concussion uh, nonsense yeah it's like all that yeah. concussion doesn't exist uh, <laughs> um <laughs> But, you know, he's kind of stuck in that, that way. And Crease he initially bonds with Crease over that, but Crease is, like, full into that. Whereas I think Johnny, over season two, slowly... And at the end of season one, kind of slowly realizes that, like, he's... Like, yeah, he was kind of wrong about a lot of things. Yeah, the way he was taught is wrong. Yeah. Like, he wants to be better than Exactly. That. And I'm hoping in season three, we'll talk about this later, but perhaps... Miyagi-Do and Cobra Kai, Johnny's version of Cobra Kai, sort of combine. Because I know, I know, I know a lot of people on Reddit are saying it's going to be Miyagi-Kai. You know, <laughs> yeah. like it, it's going to be like, you know, maybe the balance pe- the peaceful, is the thing that Johnny can find. Exactly, in his life. it's like w- one. It fits into the whole ban- balance thing because it's like yin and yang. It's like good and evil together. So it's like Cobra Kai and Miyagi-Do together. But it's like. Obviously, Miyagi-Do hasn't worked in this context. Um, and Cobra Kai obviously doesn't work because it's evil. Um, so, John, I think it would be interesting for Johnny, who has learnt that he's kind of fall, gone off the path. And Daniel has sort of gone off the path. Like, it would be interesting if they kind of have to combine forces against Kreese. Because now Kreese has kind of taken yeah. over Cobra Kai again and, like, stolen all, seduced all of Johnny's students. Yeah. That would be cool. Because um, I think Johnny is like sort of the ego check to Daniel. Yeah. 
And it's like, and you know, I think maybe, you know, they, they need each other yeah. at the end of the day. And that's why, like I was saying before, like, I feel like the, the, the writers are sort of working towards a final reconciliation. Oh, they definitely have laid, they're laying groundwork for something. Yeah. Like, they don't have to become BFFs, but they have to get over their beef 100%. And I think it'll be interesting if Ali, who is kind of hinted at in season one, but at the end of season two, you see on Johnny's phone that uh, she sends him a friend request on Facebook. So I'm I'm thinking they're gonna work that in. If I'm hoping Elizabeth Shue comes returns um, to the role. I mean, I would hope if they've sort if, of yeah, if they they've had at least tentative if, talks. If they couldn't get her back, I'm they hoping would, they just don't do it. Right? Yeah. yeah, I'm hoping that if for some reason she isn't in the show, then that that kind of cliffhanger where he gets a friend request just wouldn't have happened. Is just no, no, no. Is just a cliff. Like it's just like because he throws away his phone as a sense of like. This is not working. I've had enough. I'm going to, you know. Um, But then you see the friend request on the phone. So, I'm hoping that if they don't get Elizabeth's shoe back, then that friend request will just be like a sort of... An Easter Easter egg. egg Or a sort of a way of him rejecting the past and saying, you know, I've had enough. I don't care. And then that never comes up again. But if she does come back, I'm really hoping that this will tie into her being the mediator between Daniel and Johnny because they still haven't gotten over it. Nah. Especially nah, Johnny. Yeah, yeah. So, it's kind of like, in a way, you're like, oh, get over it. You don't need to bring her back. She's a girlfriend they had in the 80s. She's from the original movie. It's yeah, just she's, nostalgia bullshit. She's but still it, relevant to the show. Yeah, it ties into the whole themes of like- Especially Johnny's arc. Jo- yeah, Johnny's yeah. obsessed with the 80s and the Daniel and Johnny still have the same beef they had in high school. And it's like I'd love she, for it to come in and be like, "Are you kidding yeah, me?" Exactly. So this I'm hoping. So exactly. I'm hoping if she comes in, she'll be just like, "You uh, know what? I'm squashing this beef now," and that it kind of works towards the overall arc and the overall uh, conclusion of like having these characters finally be like, "You know what? Forget the '80s. Forget the original movies. We're moving on," because I think as the show does so well, nostalgia can be dangerous. You know the the ma- it's the MAGA problem. You know, like pr- acting like the way you remember something exactly. isn't always yeah exactly. So I think you know, like like we said, it the the show deals so well with how you know the nostalgia is just for the characters to grow and is not just for nostalgia's sake, like Star Wars is. I mean, some of the best nostalgia sort of moments in in the season for me, season two specifically. Um, was when we see Johnny's old friends again. Oh, that was so good. And, like, there's a lot of nostalgia in that episode, but it's yeah. there to drive the character drama I, I love that. Yeah, I love that scene because, yeah, it's not just there to say, hey, remember his friends from the original? It's kind of like they're... To- like, it, 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 it aids in Johnny's overall development and his decision to sort of go back and confront Crease. Yeah. Who he was sort of trying to forgive and trying to be like, people can change and... And then, you know, he meets with his friends and I like how Bobby is like a priest or a minister and I'm pretty sure he's the one in the originals who's like the voice of conscience when they're beating up Daniel. He's like, it's enough, you know. So, I like how they kind of push that to its furthest thing. It's like he's the most moral of all the bullies. Um, And so, he became a priest. (laughs) Um, But Tommy uh, has cancer. 
Um, and, and it's terminal. Yeah, like he's in. He's is, in a hospice. This is yeah. It's yeah. his last days, and that's why Johnny and all the friends get together, um, and they're hanging out and reminiscing. But it kind of yeah, it kind of informs more of Johnny's journey than just hey, remember the guys. Um, and it they put Tommy in a body bag. <laughs> <laughs> Put him in a body Put bag. Put him in the yeah. body bag. Yeah. And then they did. <laughs> yeah, then they did. Poor Tommy. Tommy in the original was like yelling about getting Daniel's body bag and then they oh, man, gave I, him cancer and killed him off. But I watched again, that episode and I messaged you. I'm like, have you seen this? And yeah. we're like, we're trying not to and all, in all caps for Callum. Yeah. Like, we're trying because we weren't sure if he, And I'm like, has Callum seen it? I'm like, no. I'll message, like, message, like, so directly, I'll message yeah. you out of the group chat. Yeah. And I'm like, all, in all yeah. caps, they put Tommy in a body bag. And it's so good. But again, it's but not it just, worked, yeah. it's it not just an just Easter the- egg. It's not just a reference. It's not just nostalgia. It's like literally that scene ends and then Johnny is like, screw this. I'm going back. And it, also that time he was away for the funeral gives Crease the he chance. He manipulates all the kids. Yeah, it yeah. gives him a chance to sort of seduce all the students. Um, but then when Johnny comes back, he's like, look, Crease, like I'm, I'm the head of Cobra Kai. Like you, you, you. I'm the teacher. You know, you listen to me. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that that kind of furthers in season three, where Johnny's now that Cobra Crease has control of Cobra Kai. Johnny has to, you know, uh, strike back. Yeah, or, you know, definitely. Sort of find a way to strike first, strike hard, no mercy. Well, yeah, yeah, but in a sort of, uh, <laughs> yeah, sort of like again, like he should team but, yeah, up with yeah. Miyagi Do and like, uh, yeah. So I think that's also interesting. You know, like we were talking about Miguel, who I think is an interesting character. He's a likable character, but also he turns, he starts off as a good guy, and he sort of turns into a bad guy. Whereas Robbie, who's Johnny's son, starts off as a bad starts guy, off as a bad and guy, slowly turns into a good guy. But now they've kind of crisscrossed again, and Miguel has sort of realized his sort of wrong ways and Robbie has committed an act of I think, extreme yeah, violence. But I think Robbie has sort of he's he's stayed on the Miyagi Do path, but he's he like Daniel, he gets frustrated and he's hot headed. But when when Miguel shows mercy to Robbie at the final fight at the end of season two, which is kind of what you know, against Cobra Kai's teachings, against Chris's teachings, but more towards what Johnny was telling him to fight with honor. So he does the right thing, but it's then that Robbie kind of fights back, and I don't blame Robbie because it was an accident. Like he didn't mean to no. kick him off the no, stairs, yeah, of course. But like Miguel gets like gravely injured. Yeah. Um. And like I mentioned before, with the the doctor Hippocratic oath, uh, the doctor's reference in season one, they mentioned Ali is a surgeon, I think. So. I mean, I don't know, you know, this might be too on the nose, but now Miguel is in need of surgery and she's just friend requested Johnny, you know, I don't know, there's yeah. a, you know, there's, she could possibly come back and help with Miguel's recovery. Also, Samantha, who's Daniel's daughter, who he taught karate at a young age, but she sort of, she sort of um, left that behind. She grew up and it's she's not, like, it's it, not it's cool. It's not cool to be yeah, she's involved like, with your dad's activities. Yeah, and she's like, I want to, you know, hang out with my friends and do my own thing. D- dad's but not cool. Through and, and then when Daniel trains Robbie and that, like, he finally gets an apprentice and someone to, someone to sort of do karate with and to share Miyagi's teachings with. Because I think, like, at the end of the day, like, a student is what Daniel really wants. Yeah, but I like that and I, and I like how Robbie is the one person who needs that 
that guidance just like Daniel did, you know. Um, and I like how Samantha sort of slowly, you know, over season two sort of re- rejoins Miyagi-Do. And- but that's only because there's a boy involved. Well, yeah, and then she has the hots <laughs> for Robbie. But yeah. again, like I was saying, like I was saying with Miguel's kind of starting as the good guy, going into the bad guy, then slowly swerving back into the good guy again, and Robbie starting as the bad guy, turning into the good guy, and then swerving back into the bad guy again. Um, I think Samantha's interesting well, because she was with Miguel, and then now she's with Robbie, but then now she's kind of swerved a little bit back towards... This is all a very broad description of the actual uh, details and... and, um, the nuance nuances yeah, yeah. of the writing, which is actually really well done. Yeah. I'm, I'm very painting this with a broad brush, yeah, yeah. but you get what I say. Like you get what I'm saying. Like now she's kind of maybe maybe in season three she helps Miguel with his recovery. She trains with him, and Miguel joins Miyagi Do. Whereas Robbie, who's now pretty much a criminal, has to go to Johnny. Again. Ha- has to go to Johnny, who's his last sort of. Because Johnny yeah, won't turn his back on he, Miguel. Yeah, he, 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 Robbie rejected Johnny by going to Daniel and, and t- you know, learning Miyagi-Do. But now that he's done this thing and hurt Miguel and, and uh, Daniel doesn't trust Robbie anymore, it's like he kind of has to go back to his dad. And Johnny, I guess, now doesn't have Cobra Kai or Miguel or any of his students and so has to kind of take Robbie back. And this sort of it also leads into some other sort of characters. It's so stuff. good. It's so it's, well written, and it's like yeah, you know, we always yell, you know, it writes itself. You it know, does, when, when yeah. there's an idea that that um, that sort of seems obvious or that seems like it should progress in a certain way, but it's like it, that's kind of a, it's one. It's kind of real, but also it's kind of a joke. But it's like the people who write Cobra Kai, they know what they're doing. They know how to set something up and pay it off. They know how to take a character on a journey definitely and some of the payoffs on this show are it's top so good tier. like and there's still there's still a lot of threads that we can examine yeah. in the future like the groundwork's there for like some of the broader issues like miguel's recovery obviously yeah. and like all of these sort of stuff but there's little things yeah like miguel's injured what if his dad finds out his well, dad yeah. comes back they mentioned his in dad's season- a very bad man yeah. they mentioned in season one that uh miguel's dad is um like a very bad man, um, assumedly I, I think, cartel. Yeah, base or assumedly, something. Uh, yeah, in in the crime, you know, um, crime business. But and so, so they, yeah, we've got that thread. Yeah, we've got Ali. We've got Kreese's takeover of Cobra Kai. Yeah. We still have the unresolved questions of Terry Silver and yeah, Mike Barnes uh, and Mike Barnes. Yeah, um, there's just so many yeah. sort of avenues we can explore. Yeah. So it's like building upon what we saw in the originals, plus all this new stuff with all these new characters. We didn't even talk about Dimitri and Hawk. No. Um, so, I mean, that's interesting and, as and, well. And the, and the little kids. Oh, man. So, like, the end the end fight scene of Cobra Kai Season 2 is epic. Like, it's so well shot. There's like, this long take down the school hallway. Like, there's, like, people wailing on each other. There's that little kid from Cobra Kai with the glasses. And then the little Asian kid from Miyagi-Do. And they're, like, wailing on each other. And uh, Stingray. Um <laughs> Uh, played by uh, was it Paul Walter Hauser from yeah. uh, I Tonya and Black Klansman like that guy's hilarious and then he kind of inserts himself into Cobra Kai as this kind of older guy yeah, who's like and, and Johnny's like this is kind of a kids class yeah. and he's like 
I have money. My mum yeah. doesn't charge rent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like he hangs out with the kids at the party. And it's and so it's inappropriate. Like, yeah. It's it's gold. Yeah. And he's like, he he's like going for the security guard position at the school. And then like, he's like wailing on all these kids, like beating the shit out of them. It's hilarious. Um, but yeah, it's such a well shot, well choreographed fight scene with like multiple, multiple characters and multiple like miniature fight scenes within this larger fight scene. Um, and the, most of the fight scenes have done quite oh, well. really like, well. A lot of the karate yeah, yeah, the karate really well done. And you can tell people have trained, you know, trained. Um, but also, like, I feel like after this, everyone has to be expelled. There has to be, yeah. Hopefully, like, season there's three. No way, there's no way a school yeah. would, would allow any of this. Uh, hopefully, at least the first couple of episodes of season three just have to, they have to be examining the ramifications of this massive yeah. fight. Yeah, like I, I yeah, I, I don't see any way that that they can sort of just brush it under the rug and be like a couple of suspensions. Like there has to be a, like a mess. And then that's when that's when everything has to go downhill. Like Miyagi-Do's shut down. Cobra Kai, I mean Kreese is not going to let Cobra Kai get shut down, but the parents are going to, you know, it's going it's going to end up in It's going to be like a the, dark the dark part of quite, the series. Yeah, quite honestly, like I think season 3 will start and time is repeating itself and we're going to end up back basically to Karate Kid 1. Yeah. Like Cobra Kai is going to be like the big bad sort of evil karate school. Okay. There's no competition. Yeah. Miyagi do won't be a thing anymore cuz Daniel will be disillusioned or his wife yeah. will be like, "Look, I'm leaving well, you if you don't sort Well, that's that's the your thing is out. I'm assuming after the fight at the school even like other parents and the school is going to be like no karate, no anywhere. I mean, I'm even speculating that the All Valley Karate Competition will get shut down. Will get shut down because I, what I liked about season two is that they didn't just end it with another All Valley competition. Like season one ended with the competition, like the original movie ended with the competition. Um, but I like how season two wasn't just like one year later they've trained and now they're facing off again. I like how it was more personal, took place in a shorter time and ended at the school fight. But yeah, then that's interesting if karate gets such a bad rap that the All Valley gets shut down. And so we don't see the tor- tournament again, at least not in season three. Or they might be following a similar structure to the original trilogy of Karate Kid where the first movie ends with the tournament, second movie's in Japan and the third movie they is a year later at the next tournament. Um, so, season one of Cobra Kai ends with the tournament. Season two doesn't have the tournament. And then season three, they might bring the tournament back. So, that'll be interesting, especially if they're... If now it's Kreese's Cobra Kai versus Johnny and Daniel's Miyagi-Do or Miyagi-Kai or whatever, or possibly a new school, and then having to face off at the competition. Um, especially if, Miyagi, if um, Dimitri and Hawk... Have to face off in a competition setting. Yeah, because <laughs> you don't think they're going to set that whole thing up for Dimitri to win. <laughs> yeah, like, but it's like because a lot of people online complaining Dimitri would never defeat Hawk. This is some bullshit. I'm like, no, that's the point. Like Hawk is better trained. He would destroy Dimitri, but he's cocky. He's arrogant, and so he lets his guard down. And Dimitri uses the one thing he's learned in in which he spent the whole season screwing up. Yeah. And like, and kicks uh, Hawk down or whatever, you know, like, but like, and because they were best friends and there's all that history between them, like to, to push that towards, you know, the season three arc where it's like, then they have to face off properly. 
where Hawk would probably murder Dimitri. But, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? It's like, it's all part of, like, I love the show. It's all part of the, like, you can see where they're going with things. And, and sometimes you, you but get... there's also surprises. There's a, it's a lot of surprises. I'm not saying it's yeah, predictable. It's, yeah. it's just like, everything's done logically. Everything's set up and paid off. Like, it's just so well written. And I love all the characters. And all the new characters, like we said, are all really interesting and fun. And the show is so funny. It is so funny. It's like so so funny. It's I wouldn't call it one hundred percent a comedy, but it's got a lot of humor. Yeah, I like um, I like you know how we were saying it has the spirit of the originals, that kind of you know underdog, you know the themes and then you know balance and all that, and it has that, um, but also has the kind of cheesy moments as well. Yeah, so kind not of, nothing Karate Kid three level. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, yeah let's but hope it, for a terrorist it, overcome. Oh yeah, hopefully. <laughs> but like you know, n- n- lives up to the originals in the cheesy aspect, but also just the the comedy writing, like the jokes, jokes quote unquote, you know, the, yeah. the visual, you know, gags and stuff. Like Johnny gets a laptop, and like <laughs> yeah, first, yeah, yeah. and he gets hooked up to the internet, yeah. and first thing he does is like Google like hot babes, <laughs> like it's yeah. hilarious, and he like the discovers d- internet porn well, for the first time. It's the whole, hilarious. The whole sort of dating sort of oh, online dating is hilarious. Is like it's so good. He's like Tinder, and yeah, he's like, he's like swiping what is this? And- he's like no ugly, <laughs> and then he's like he's like. He's like you know what? Like, yeah, all right. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> I like how he gets a smartphone for the first time and he's like, what the hell is this? And then like later in this, in the season, he's like, another update? I just got this. <laughs> like, it's so, yeah. so funny. He's so out of touch. Yeah. And and I liked the, the sort of, the also the scenes where Johnny and Daniel and their significant others or their dates or whatever mm. go out for like a meal. Yeah, and he's yeah, dancing. Oh, the double date. Yeah, sort the of, double date. That was scene. so good. It was, and that was. Oh my god, and that was such of, a great scene. And they're trying not to and, sit together, and yeah. they're sort of bickering, like, but also agreeing on yeah. some stuff. And by the end of it, they're like yeah. having a great time. Like Johnny and Miguel's mother are having a date, yeah. and then Daniel and his wife are like are at the same night. restaurant, yeah. and they're like, "Well, we'll just put the tables together." And they're like, "No, no, no." Yeah, yeah. and they end up like I love their kind of hate like love hate relationship and they're kind of bromance well it's those it's that thing of like opposites attract you yeah so like but it's also they have a lot in common they do that's- like i love that scene in the first season when they're driving in the car one they're both car guys yeah so maybe even daniel will hire johnny because now he doesn't have a job because cobra kai's shut down that's true but also they're riding in the car and like they're they're listening. They're singing, yeah. yeah, and he and Johnny's like, You you love Speedwagon? And and Daniel's like, Yeah, what man doesn't? Like the same, you know, as their car discussion before. Like it's that kind of like they're both eighties kids, they both love karate, they both grew up around the same things. Like but they still hold on to this beef from thirty years yeah. ago that doesn't matter. And that kind of Double but, date but, scene is so funny. But also, it's like you can see these characters on... You can see them wrestling with that beef. Yeah. As they try so hard not to like each other. Yeah. Like, they just... They try really hard to hate each other. Yeah. But it's like... It, it, sometimes see, it's like they why, have a good time. Yeah, that's why, like, at the end of the season, it's like Daniel's... Daniel thinks Johnny did something with his daughter because Robbie takes her to Johnny's apartment and they get into that fight um, in Johnny's apartment, which... You know, Daniel's like, I'm not going to strike first, but it's his kind of fault. He's he's hot headed, like he's he's always the quick to judge. And you know, Robbie obviously hurt Miguel and kind of disappeared. And and so you know, and so like Daniel and Johnny's relationship is at its sort of worst. But yeah. because of Crease and because of 
both Daniel going off his path and and Johnny going off his path. Like I feel like they they're forced. They to can sort reconcile. Of, yeah. Yeah. So it's like like we were saying, like the progression and the writing's really good. It would make sense for them to come back together and sort of have to combine forces. I think Daniel's opposition for Cobra Kai and especially Crease, yeah, would probably prove greater than his like maybe occasional yeah. dislike slash yeah. hatred and, and, towards Johnny. Yeah, I guess that. But the thing Johnny and Daniel both share is that they hate Crease. Yeah, and they hate what Crease is doing with Cobra Kai. So yeah, it'll and it also it'll be interesting if when the show comes to an end, I feel like it'll end with Daniel letting Johnny have Cobra Kai and letting Cobra Kai exist and saying, because, you know, I think in it might be even in season one, but like Daniel says, you know, as long as I'm alive or whatever, like I'll never let Cobra Kai exist. Like, and that's kind of why he brings Miyagi-Do back and whatever. So it'd be interesting if, you know, they do finally squash their beef and they finally get over the 30-year history, um, but they kind of, do so by Daniel learning that he can't just be a, like a controlling asshole all the time. And that kind of, again, ties into, it's a more nuanced, more complex version of the joke of Daniel was the bad guy and Johnny <laughs> yeah. was the good guy. Like that's a dumb joke and that was never true, but it's like over the course of the season, you know, the series, like Daniel, you know, they're both, com- Daniel and Johnny are both complex characters with, with flaws and, they both so, make good decisions and bad decisions. Exactly. So it's in, it's interesting. It'll be interesting to see Daniel's overall arc and how he's like, look, I made mistakes, and you know, Johnny, you know, I, you know, you should have Cobra Kai, and as you know, like something like that. You know? Yeah. Like it's a really a really great it's, show. It's all about balance. Yeah. Exactly. And that's sort of what the main characters in the show need to learn. Yeah. Um. I mean, I guess we should sort of move on to The Karate Kid 3, which the show mostly has dealt with stuff from the first film and the second film takes place in Okinawa and it's more about Mr. Miyagi's past. So that's not, you know, really important to Johnny. Um, and so they, you know, that... But it comes into play in all the backstory and, and you know, it's important in the overall development. We but, get, we get tendrils from number three in season yeah, two, but in but but Karate Kid three, yeah, there are sort of you start to see in season one. There's a few references, but yeah, I think uh, season two of Cobra Kai, you start to see the yeah, like you said, the tendrils of Karate Kid three creep in. So it'll be interesting to see if they do bring back Terry Silver and Mike Barnes from Karate Kid three, um, because I think. Like we've been saying... Well, we made the joke when watching it, like, Terry Silver still technically owns Cobra Kai, doesn't he? Well, I, so, I, like, I can't could, remember if he owns it, but he gave he gave Crease the money to start it. So, like, you know, he might technically own the brand. Yeah, so it'd be so funny for him to come in and be like, excuse yeah. me. But I think what, what I said would be the best option, because he was like a, a wealthy business owner in Karate Kid 3... Like a toxic waste dump uh, yeah. business, in, in like great cheesy such a fashion, such a cheesy yeah. '80s villain. Like <laughs> yeah. the problem with one of the problems with Karate Kid Three, even though we really like it, is the villains are super cheesy, like over <laughs> yeah. the cartoonish. Yeah, he like sort um, of long haired, greasy ponytail. Yeah, yeah like, he's like a, he's pretty much grinning. a ma- mustache twirling yeah. villain without <laughs> yeah. a mustache. But like because he had that business, like it would be interesting to see him as a politician in 2019. Like we were saying with this whole MAGA stuff and like Crease and Johnny are living in this, you know, 
pastime that doesn't exist and and are sort of trying to bring you know make karate great again like it'd be interesting if terry silver who was a rich guy like went into politics pretty much because you know he's a businessman and wants to sort of uh, parallels of the political turmoil in the real world exactly and but like that would fit into his character and also would fit into the whole like him coming in and being like using all karate gimmicks in his campaign yeah yeah, and, and kind of being like look i used you know i you know i want to make america great again and he could come in because he was a, he's technically a war veteran, right? Yeah, he was a, a yeah, he was Vietnam a Chris, buddy yeah. for, of Chris. So he could be so. running on a campaign of, I'm a vet, yeah. like, in all but it's like, ham it up. Yeah, it's like, you know, it'd be cool if he came back and was like, you know, like, um, like you know, not having the same role he did in Karate Kid 3, but being like a politician, kind of being like a side character who who's kind of, you know, butting heads with Daniel, who's a business owner and... And, uh, you know, kind of... And helping Kreese out with Cobra Kai. Yeah, exactly. And so maybe franchising Cobra Kai, making it even bigger. Like, you know, like... getting get, Giving Kreese some, like, cheesy videos. Yeah. And, like... <laughs> like uh, having av- advertising ads. Yeah. yeah. That would be... So, it'd be cool to see, see if they... I feel like they might not do that. And, you know, it depends on how long the show goes or, you know, how much, you know, how much the writers want to take from that. But it, the show does so well with weaving in the original elements to the new stuff and kind of developing them more that I think that would, that would be really cool. And Mike Barnes as well, who was Daniel's opponent in Karate Kid, Kid 3. 3. And uh, I think you were telling me uh, the guy who plays Mike Barnes on Twitter. He's was, a big fan of the show. He's a big fan of the show and like wants to be involved. And I feel like the creators of the show, like, like, like with Ali, like I feel like even, even if they don't have concrete plans at the moment, like I feel like they've explored possibilities and possibly reached out to some of these people, so hopefully that that plays out. Also, the next Karate Kid, which is the fourth movie with uh, with Hilary Swank <laughs> as Julia, you know they they to cash in they decided to uh, continue the franchise without Daniel and have Mr Miyagi train. Some might uh, say that it was a mistake. Yeah, it, it doesn't. It, it's not a really good movie. It doesn't really work. But if it is canon, which I I think I remember reading that the creators of the show said it still technically exists in the canon, they just haven't referenced it yet. But it'd be really interesting if the show continues on, if they add that in, and if bring, Hillary, bring Hillary Swank yeah, back, could and be you like, imagine I'm the other Miyagi Do yeah, student, and and her butting heads with Daniel, and he'd be like, who are, who the hell are you? Like, I, I don't also know you. like yeah, she finds him at like Mr yeah. Miyagi's grave or something. Yeah, it's like, like what? <laughs> yeah. And then she's like, yeah, Mr. Miyagi told me. He's like, what? I thought it was a special thing between me. <laughs> yeah. and he's, he's like, Mr. Miyagi's comes, such a whore. <laughs> his life comes crashing down. He's like, I'm not the only student. And for like someone like Hilary Swank, who's like now seen as this, you know, big Oscar actor to come in onto this show. It's so, so great. <laughs> onto this YouTube dramedy about yeah. karate. <laughs> YouTube got so lucky with this show. Like the fact that they yeah, got man. this show over Netflix, like... I feel like if it was on Netflix, everyone would be watching think, it. Everyone would be talking look, about I, it. I'm glad that it exists on YouTube. I think the the reason it went to YouTube was because the director of like marketing or products, whoever they talked to, mm. uh, requisitions, um, like he pitched. They pitched the show to to them. I think it's a lady, and um, she was like on board with their like vision. And she she quote unquote she got the show. Like more okay. than the sort of other. See, that's weird. Like you know, because we were always talking about Netflix gives creative control to the creators, and 
and like is kind of basically just like throw money at things and see how it works. So it'd yeah. be interesting to see what that discussion was. Yeah. And because I'm pretty sure they pitched it without a script. Okay. So they pitched. This is from an interview. Maybe Netflix wasn't happy one. about that. Yeah. yeah. So they came in the like they they said we've got like um Will, Billy Zapka and yeah. like they're on board. Yeah. Like Ralph we've pitched. Marchio. Yeah. Ralph Macchio. They've pitched like they pitched their idea first to the two lead actors. Yeah. And they were like, if you can get it made, we're a hundred percent in. Yeah. So then they went to all these different like um you know services. Yeah. And everyone was a bit cool on it, but they talked to the YouTube lady, um in charge of like the YouTube originals, yeah, yeah. original programming. and Which is like, this is their one show, you know. Yeah. Like they have other shows, but no one watches those. And no one knows what Ralph Macchio like. and Billy Zapka were there for the meeting. Yeah. And they said, well, we're on board with this. Yeah. Like we haven't got anything yet. Yeah. But like, this is the sort of, it was the, con- the show creators and the two leads. And they basically said, this is the overall plan for the show. Yeah. And like, she was on it straight away. Well, like and she was like, this is great. So it's like this, this, and this. And they're like, yes. Yeah. Like that, that's, I, mean, I remember, I think Ralph Macchio tweeted or something. He's like, the reason we went to YouTube is because they, they were the ones who let us do what we wanted to do. So yeah, it'd be interesting. Uh, yeah. Like I said, why they didn't go to Netflix, what, what the other services, you know, uh, networks, you know, what their problem was. But yeah, it's just amazing that YouTube got this out yeah. of all the places. But and it's done so well on like, YouTube. Yeah, like I can't, I can't, I can't um, uh, recommend this show enough to people. Like I, I, I feel like, I feel like people need to watch it. I feel like people like my dad, for instance, he's not too hot on it, and he thinks it's maybe too cheesy for him. Mm. But I'm like, if he gave it a shot, he'd like it. It's such a good it's show. Just, it's just, I guess, so the stigma and, of yeah. maybe being like younger characters at the forefront. Because if he gave it a shot, he'd yeah. like it. I know he would. Yeah. But it's that perfect mix of yeah. well, as, as well of like the older characters, you know, teaching the new characters. Yeah. And But then he, I don't think he liked the Karate Kid one anyway. See, that's, 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 that's his fault. Yeah. That's his problem. <laughs> that's his problem. Um, um, but, but I think should... the show is accessible enough, even if you didn't haven't seen the originals or don't really like them that much. I think oh, the yeah. show Everything... it's like it's kind of a different. It's different but same. Like it has yeah. that all the important sort of has the spirit of have... the originals. Yeah. Without you know, it's the things that Star Wars does so poorly. Yeah. As the spirit of the originals continues them on, but also has new characters as fresh, modern feeling. Do, definitely, and I would agree that you don't need to watch the originals if you don't really want to, because like all these sort of it's all pretty much explained. Yeah, like you have those it is flashbacks, impo- and yeah, it, it's important. Like it, it definitely adds to a fuller, better experience. Like what it's we, a much better experience. We 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 watched you know Karate Kid one, two, and three, and then binged Cobra Kai season one, and then binged Cobra Kai season two, all in, in pretty close proximity, and it just yeah, you get all that. Get all the references like, and even feeling. tiny little Easter eggs. Yeah. Like there's that one scene where Daniel takes out little drum he got in Japan. Yeah, yeah. He's just from looking the at it movie, and playing yeah. with it, and it's just like it's those little things that you're just like, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, but not just that. Just the overall feeling and the themes and the the kind of yeah. stru- like like we said, it's just so well structured and so it continues on from the original so well. It's flawless. It's like yeah, yeah. it flows so well. Um, and we should just like to point out that season one. In September, we'll be going free on YouTube mm. if you, you know, can't afford YouTube Premium or... Whatever happened to YouTube Red? <laughs> like, remember they called YouTube... was called YouTube it, Red? It's the same thing, and, yeah. But now they just rebranded it as Premium. Like, I don't know what happened there. I guess 
I don't know. Confuse yeah. people. I don't Google, know. Google has some issues. Maybe with there's, there's, is there Pornhub yeah. Premium? Like maybe they're <laughs> yeah. like, we we need that branding. We need to yeah, trick yeah. people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So season one of Cobra Kai is free on YouTube in September, yeah. supported by ads. Yeah. But if that's the only way you can watch it, oh, I still encourage you to watch it. Definitely. It's such a good show. Yeah. Um, and shortly after that, season two is being released weekly for free on YouTube. Okay. Supported by ads. Yeah. So um, we'll see. It'll be interesting to see what they do with season three. Yeah. Uh, well, I think they're transitioning all the original programming over to free with ads because yeah. the experiment failed. Yeah. Premium, uh, yeah, I don't think it was that successful. Um, and like I said, uh, and look, Cobra I think Kai it- is their one show. They have a couple others and they're not very good. Yeah, yeah. But, like, I think this is the best idea for YouTube. Yeah. Because if this show was free, supported by ads, the Mm. ad revenue would probably dwarf. Probably, yeah. With proper advertising and proper marketing, the ad revenue for shows of this quality would dwarf anything they'd get from, like, like, paying for it. Yeah, I'm kind of confused as to why they haven't gotten more shows like Cobra Kai on YouTube. Like, after Cobra Kai, I don't think there was anything that big or, you know, that well done so yeah it'll be interesting to see if they're going to continue that sort of getting getting shows developed for for youtube or yeah yeah i definitely think going free supported by ads especially on a platform yeah. like youtube with billions of you know viewers mm. is the best way to go in in, in a really in an ecosystem yeah. full of paid services yeah for, for, exactly yeah for, for to have for a google, free yeah yeah for google to come out and be like you can watch your show for free yeah we're not yeah. going to charge you yeah people it's like there'll be some ads every now and again but people will be like oh that's okay yeah that's pretty cool like i mean it's still you know ads aren't great but yeah. it's still better than not watching it at true. all true um so i guess we should move on to what what people really want to hear trigger warning <laughs> <laughs> so we're, we're watching the karate kid original movies and then Cobra Kai. But, like, you know, we can definitely see those parallels to... A certain property. To, to Star Wars. Like, to, to the hero's journey, you know, the underdog story. And how you could easily remake the Karate Kid movies into new Star Wars movies. Um, Luke is a Mr. Miyagi character now. Or, like, a Daniel character in Cobra Kai. Like, he's an older character like teach who teaches you know someone so then you know ray is the daniel or the the robbie or the miguel character who who comes in and is like a bit um unsure of themselves and you know what their path is and and you know gets taught you know to and you know like it, it writes itself <laughs> it does it writes itself <laughs> but it's like yeah, like there are so many parallels in the original movies and in Cobra Kai, like that that you could easily transplant into the new Star Wars sequel trilogy, um, and that would would have made a, a much better experience and, and would have helped with the both deal like both having the original legacy characters have their time and send off, but also like passing the torch to the new characters, um, which you know the the new movies have done so poorly. Um, there's so much things that we talk about, but we'll just do like the quick, quick version. So like, I guess we'll, we'll start with Karate Kid 3 and kind of work our way up to Cobra Kai. But Karate Kid 3 deals with Daniel. Daniel goes to the dark da- side of the Yeah, bit. Daniel gets forced to fight in the tournament by the new Cobra Kai un- under Terry Silver, you know, and he's in Mike Barnes. And pretty much they get he gets bullied into competing so that they can win the title back from him. But Mr. Miyagi, he's not about fighting. He's like, I don't want you to be in the tournament. 
Miyagi-Do's not about fighting, don't fight. And this kind of pushes Daniel, who keeps getting bullied and pushed and, and you know, uh, getting violent uh, acts committed against him by these new Cobra Kai kids, and kind of pushes him towards to the dark side. And Terry Silver comes in pretending to be this sort of white knight, like to pretending to be not involved with Cobra Kai, even though he's masterminding the plan. And it's all cartoonish and a bit silly, but it works, I think, overall. Yeah. Um, and kind of, kind of seduces Daniel to the dark side and says, you know, if you really want to win, if you really want to kick these guys' asses, you have to do the Cobra Kai way. You know, you have to... You the know, hardcore, the hardcore, like violence. It's let, let's punch a wooden board into your knuckles, yeah, bleed. Exactly, hardcore. Um, and Mr. Miyagi's like not about that. And Daniel's like, you know what, Mr. Miyagi, screw you. Like I'm gonna, you know, I, yeah, if you don't want to fight, I have to fight. It's that whole hot-headed thing you were talking about before, where Daniel's yeah. such a hot-headed and he's goaded easily. Yeah, exactly. And so Miyagi's all like, just calm your farm, exactly. man. <laughs> exactly. Like, just calm your farm, balance. But I, I, I think I like like this this. This could easily transplant into The Last Jedi, where Luke could be the Miyagi character who's like, I don't want to fight anymore. Fighting just leads to more violence, more fighting, you know. the, the and, em- and hate leads to the dark side. Exactly. Man. So, and, and Rey, who's obviously gone through fighting the First Order, she's like, dude, what the hell? Like, like you we need to win. Yeah, we like, need to yeah. fight. Like, you have to get off your ass. And Luke's like, you know, it's not the miyagi Do way. It's not the Jedi way. <laughs> yeah. You know? And and so uh, Ray could get for like and and Ky- you know Silver could be Kylo. Kylo kind of seduces Ray and says, "Look, you have to come to the dark side and fight. You know, this is how you fight." Um, of course, in this version, you know, the Knights of Ren would be Cobra Kai, and and uh, and Kylo would be sort of uh, yeah, like pre- pretending to to sort of care about the fight against you know whoever the big bad guy is or whatever Snoke or whatever. Um, so yeah, like it's, it's just a much better, and it also fits in better with the Jedi code. Like instead of Luke just being like, I don't want to fight anymore. I don't have any faith anymore. The Jedi suck, you know, uh, you know, it should all end. He could be more like, you know, the actual Jedi way is not to fight is to find balance is to find uh, peaceful options. And that kind of pushes Ray away because she's about, she's hot headed. She, she wants to fight. Um, and you can still have that last Jedi kind of what I think he was, what Johnson was trying to do, um, but an actual well-developed, well-fleshed-out version of that, that also takes into consideration the actual core values of Luke as a character and the Jedi and what Kylo's about and so on and have more Kylo Ray stuff going on. Like, it's just a much better film that also stays true to what Star Wars is. Um it's just so much better. It, like, it, as it you just, said, it writes, it writes itself. It writes James. itself. Like, you know, like, it, it makes so much more sense. Um, there's obviously more we could talk about in, in terms of that. But oh, we, um, we can have a three-hour episode yeah, on uh, we could the intricacies. Have, honestly, when we started the episode and I did the trigger warning, it was like, because we could have done the whole episode on on the Star Wars comparisons. Um, but, you know, in terms of, like, we're watching Cobra Kai Season 1 and kind of Daniel has... Kind of, he doesn't have Miyagi Do. Miyagi Do is not active. You know, he doesn't practice karate often. Um, Samantha, his daughter, is kind of not into karate anymore. He doesn't have a student, but because of Cobra Kai opening up, he has to open when the Miyagi Do. Reti- when the Sith returns, so must the yeah, Jedi. Yeah, exactly. So he has to open Miyagi Do. He trains Robbie, and so that would be interesting as well. If you know, you know. 
if Ray was actually a Skywalker, none of this mystery box bullshit. Who is she? Who are her parents? Like, just have her be a Skywalker. <laughs> we we might find out in episode. Five. Well, yeah, but at this point, it's too late. And we <laughs> yeah. we talked about how that's mishandled. But you know, in, <laughs> yeah. in in our like perfect you know world, you know, the, this version, it's like she's a Skywalker. She's Luke's daughter. Um, but she's not into the Jedi stuff, or or she's been she's been off on adventures across the universe, whatever. Um, but Luke is kind of like, you know, trains a sort of a, a new uh, apprentice, and but he turns to the dark side. It could be the Kylo, the Robbie of, of the Kybra Kai comparison. You know, and, and then he, you know, like like in the new Star Wars films, he destroys the Jedi Temple and, and kills the students, and Luke is depressed and, and doesn't want to go on. But eventually, you know, Rey comes back, uh, whether she's the daughter or whether she's just a, a random student, like kind of Miguel or, you know, she comes back and says, you know, we have to fight, you know, you have to fight. And and that's kind of like what Daniel does is like, you know, I have to make Miyagi-Do again. And so there was this bit in, I believe, the start, no, the very end of season one, where Robbie is Miyagi-Do, is Daniel's only student. Yeah. And he at the end of season one, after Robbie loses the tournament against yeah. Miguel, he takes Robbie to Mr. Miyagi's house with the beautiful like Japanese garden at the back. In this metaphor, that will be back to like a Jedi training ground. Exactly. So, Luke's own training. Yeah. And, and he says back to the swamp with Yoda. Yeah, and he says to to Robbie, like, we're if we want to fight Cobra Kai, we're gonna need more students. Oh yeah. And I stood up and yeah. I was like, Set could up you a imagine Jedi Temple? Could you imagine yeah. if at the end of Force Awakens, Luke, who's Kylo has betrayed him, turned to the dark side, destroyed the Jedi Temple, killed his students, yeah. and Luke is uh, disillusioned. If Ray, if he trains Ray, fights Kylo, we're gonna need more Jedi. Then at the very end of Force Awakens, like if we're gonna fight the Knights of Ren, if we're gonna fight the First Order, whatever they're called, we're gonna need more students. And it ends with Luke going to the Temple on Yavin, which is where he starts his Jedi school in the expanded original expanded universe. And the end shot is of the temple. I get chills. And him and Ray standing in front of the temple, being like, "We're gonna restart the Jedi school." Oh my Goosebumps. god! Goosebumps. Yeah. Hair on my back and my neck <laughs> yeah. stands up. Chills. Like amazing. Could yeah. you imagine that? People would have went wild. Force Awakens could have been redeemed. And then Last <laughs> well, Jedi. Really, but hope in Star Wars yeah. could be renewed. And then Last Jedi follows that Cobra Kai template of like recruiting the new Miyagi Do students is recruiting the new. Uh, Jedi's. You know the young yeah. kids who are not sure of their their place in the world. And meanwhile, Cobra Kai is, you know, the Knights of Ren. You know, the, they're just being bad the across hard, the galaxy. Yeah the, yeah, the more hardcore version, the more the bullies. And that's set up, and that's sort of, you could set up, like, all the really, like, the disastrous things they're doing. Yeah. And Luke's like, no, patience, and we're not ready. And also, like, yeah. And also, it could fit into Kylo's redemption arc, which is n- not well done in the new movies. And it's going to be interesting to see how they ruin that in uh, episode nine. But, you know, like, you know, if if Kylo is Johnny in this situation um, and he's like gone off and created Cobra Kai slash Knights of Ren, um, but then Snoke slash Kreese comes and says, well, no, actually, this is, you know, I taught you, I taught you the dark side ways. This is actually, Knights of Ren is actually my school. And then uh, Kylo slash Johnny has to sort of go towards Daniel slash Luke. 
and has to be like, maybe I was wrong for leaving you, you know? And then yeah. sort of, we have to both combine forces to fight Snoke together. And, and it's, yeah, it's Kylo's return to at yeah. least the path of light. Yeah. Like or somewhere. Exactly. Like, or, you know, he realizes he's like, like Johnny and Ma- real- teaches Miguel the hardcore way. And then Miguel uses the hardcore way. And then Johnny's like, yeah, but you did it without honor, you know? And so Miguel slowly starts to come back now. So that's, that's all that, that could have been a really cool Snoke Kylo interaction where it's like, you know, I'm going to teach you the hardcore way and you're going to do the hardcore way. And if you don't, you're fucked. And then, you know, he's slow. And then Luke's like, but, you know, I taught you the real way. You know, like that. Yeah. It's like, it writes itself. D- Disney. Disney. Contact us. Send us a check. You can find our Facebook page. <laughs> Tweet us. Um, but yeah, like, it, it's just, you know, the same way Crease seduces uh, Johnny's students, you know, and, and, you know, creates his splinter faction of Cobra Kai, you know. You know, uh, Snoke could do that to Kylo's Knights of Ren or whatever, you know. But, of course, they squandered all that potential and, and they mishandle that and they have no idea what they're doing. So, yeah, but it's just like, you know, like 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 we talked about how it's just they mishandled Star Wars so so badly and Cobra Kai and, and Creed as well. Like, that that is how you continue a beloved franchise 30 years on. That is how you mix in original legacy characters with new characters. That's how you pass the torch. That's how you logically progress the world and the characters, you know. Cobra Kai is a great show because of how it deals with that. And beca- I just and can't it, wait to see more. Yeah, and it, ma- yeah, and it manages to still feel fresh. And I, I can't every- wait to season three. I'm so glad it got renewed because I was a bit worried there with YouTube, like whether what the money situation was, what the viewership situation was. So I'm really glad that got renewed. Because, you know, even though we were, t- we, were, we were just talking about, you know, the Orville and how we're not sure about how that's going to go with Fox. Like, so I'm really happy that at least Cobra Kai, we know we've got that third season. Yeah, oh, it's just, we're so lucky to have this show. Yeah, it's such a good show. Highly recommended. Better Star Wars than actual Star Wars. We say that a lot, but this one is yeah, like legit. legit. It's tight. Yeah, it's just so well done and, and it's such a good show and I can't wait to see more and like... It's just, it, yeah, it's just disappointing that Star Wars and Star Trek and some other reboots and stuff ha- haven't had that same, that attention to to the craft and, and to the characters and the world and the story. But James, Gritty's better, right? What? Gritty's better, right? Grimdark. Gritty, yeah. Gritty, Subverting gritty. expectations. Gritty always has to be better. <laughs> and the, the darker, the better. Yeah. And nostalgia for nostalgia's sake and money. Money's everything yeah, in this life. That's the most important part. <laughs> but yeah, um, we'll end it there. But yeah, like Cobra Kai, best show. Love it so much. Can't wait for season three. The original Karate Kid trilogy, Give really it a watch. good. Check out those. Karate Kid 3, people don't like, but actually solid. Don't and, listen to them. Watch it for yourself. And it's like, pretty pretty good Star Wars movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Karate Kid 2 is also pretty good. Um, nothing's ever going to beat the first one, but. Yeah. That's hard. Next Karate Kid, Karate Kid 4, you can skip that one. Not great. Um, but ignore, ignore the Jackie that, Chan movie. That, oh, yeah. No, that remake does not exist and it makes me physically ill just the thinking about it. But um, the, four, yeah, the fourth movie will become really, really interesting if they do include that in Cobra Kai at some point, depending on how, how the show goes. 
But yeah, thanks everyone for listening. Really appreciate it. Thank you for uh, sticking around for another of our or my Star Wars rants. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Make sure to like and share the Tuesday Review Facebook page. Follow us on Twitter at Tuesday Review AU. Um, You can download the podcast on your regular podcasting app um, or find us on Shout Engine or you can also get it on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and rate, review and subscribe there. Follow me on Instagram at Channel Drifter. Um, I post every time I watch a movie. So it's like a catalog of all the movies I watch. Our friends Alan and Jake have a video game show, Sunrise Arcade. You can listen to that uh, live or on podcast through Shout Engine every morning, live every morning. Yeah, 10 a.m. 10 a.m. on Saturday. I'm usually there. Yeah, on uh, North, 98.9 Northwest FM. Otherwise, just uh, Google Sunrise Arcade podcast and I'm sure you'll find it on Shout Engine or elsewhere. Um, and Matt, our good friend, has his show Car Talk, T-O-R-Q-U-E. Google that, like his page and, and listen to his podcast. Um, I think that's it. Don't think I forgot anything. No, we got it all. The Cobra Kai never dies. Cobra Kai never dies. Adios, cousins.